You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I let you ride the world. Hey there, welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. What's up, fuckers? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, friends. Welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. We are here to revisit a game that we had talked about a really, really long time ago uh, with a bit of a... Back when it sounded like this, see? <laughs> <laughs> it did. You can go back, find the old episode. It sounds like that the whole way through. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, but this time we're going to do a little bit of version comparison. So there's more than one version of Police Quest 1 by Sierra, and both of them were put out by the company, and they did this with a couple of games. They'd release a game in EGA or something similar, what's AGI, and then they'll re-release it with VGA and make it all fancy, and also also change some little fancy. details, update it, make it all fancy. All, do all fucking that with fancy it. and shit, man, I'll <laughs> tell you what, we've got some dang old great stuff to talk to you about today. Listen, whenever we're talking about the original version, you'll know because I'll sound like this, see, back in the AGI days, text pasta. <laughs> and when we're talking about the new one, it'll be palatable. No, but this is the first uh, in a, in a mini-series, not in a row, mm -hmm. that we're going to do because mm -hmm. we really want to cover uh, the, the Sierra remakes. So it's going to mm -hmm. be like we're going to be looking at the original. And, and to be pedantic, it's confusing because it's the AGI versus SCI unless mm – -hmm. It's Quest for Glory because in that case they were both SCI. So I guess it's mm, always okay. EGA versus EGA. Those are the initials. Yeah, those are the. There's look. There's gonna be. Mm. We're gonna be coming at you thick and fast with the acronyms here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Acronymonom. But yeah, like Anna said, we 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 did Police Quest a long time ago. But this is gonna be. A little bit of us covering Police Quest and a little bit of us comparing Police Quest. It's going to be just a lot of Police Quest, but only one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah, all. really yeah. only one. That's that's it. And, and again, very different because, okay, for me personally, like, and I'm going to ask you the same question, what your history of this game is. I know you said a bit on the last episode, but not everyone heard it maybe. But my history personally is I got this game when I was like nine or ten, somewhere in that maybe 11. I don't know. And I got the book and I fell in love with the game. And I think now replaying it as a grown up, I can kind of see why it got me because A, it makes sense. If you mess up, you say you leave your door open in mm. this game uh, and your car gets stolen. What, what oh, do you not do? in the do? game. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. You don't leave your car door open anymore. Fair. It's just like, it is such a very, very good game at teaching you a lesson as you need to learn it and then making you laugh and then being just enough inappropriate. Because, okay, for people that don't know, it's a text parser game, the first one. So nice, simple colors. The version I played, the game didn't pause when you're typing, but it paused when they'd answer and things were kind of happening. And, uh, and it's really simple, a nice palette, and really quite funny. And the VGA one is all like, you know, artistic and like Gabriel Knight, or even a more advanced than King's Quest V a little bit without the hand-painted backgrounds, right? It's very like, and it's got that very chill vibe, that very synth, that very like 91 kind of vibe going for it too. So, so like, they're different for sure. Well, I'm you know I'm really glad that you laid the groundwork with the with that whole their different remark because you know that is <laughs> that's, that's an astute realization that I've come to as well. 
that these two <laughs> games are very different, man. Um, yeah. You're absolutely right that the soundtrack in the remake is, is actually pretty phenomenal, whereas we just have mm-hmm. bleeps and bloops from, from the AGI original. Um, the, the, the remake... The, the, <laughs> Anyway, yes, lots of music in the original. No, it's okay. I know better by now. You just got to kind of... Because it goes into sirens next, so you don't want me to... Yeah. Right. Thank God. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's... Since you brought up music, we'll just start there real quick and say that, that, uh, you know, it's... Wait, I didn't want to start there. No, I wanted to start with the the art, with the the aesthetics of it, because the remake... I'll just get this out of the way. I, I... Okay. You gave your origin story. Let me back up. Uh, this was also this isn't possibly the first game I ever played. I, I've said this many mm-hmm. times to listeners that I'm not sure if the first game I played was Space Quest Two, Police Quest One, or Gold Rush. I think we got them all together, and and they mm-hmm. all just got played around the same time on a on a Macintosh, so it was in black and white. But so for me, this is like like my first experience. I've always loved this game. I had no choice but to love this game. I, it was always it was always written that way. I was always going to love it because it was the first and and um. But yeah, I didn't play the remake until uh, until I was like just crazy sick, like six or seven weeks oh, ago. That's what I was going to talk about. Go ahead, uh, bookmark that. Carry on. Well, so the reason, and I'll tie this back into graphics. So the reason that I hadn't played the remake until just recently is because the the remake is is just it's not um, it's mm-hmm. not fun to look at. Is is basically it's just really cluttered. If yeah, if anybody, if you, if you need if you need help. With a visual picture, Police Quest Three, because it's it's uh, mm-hmm. like the Space Quest One remake is very Space Quest Four E, because they're being I think they're being developed around the same time. So Police Quest yeah. remake and Police Quest Three have that exact same relationship going on, where it's like the remake looks like the current one they were doing, which is just a less fun version of Gabriel Knight. Like the, the Gabriel mm-hmm. Knight is. It does have like realism, but it's also just fun to look at. Like it's really it's good. Got and shadows. It, 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 it does. It's, it's got shot shotins. Yikers, even. Sorry. So, so the graphics are, are extremely different. They're a lot less fun because I mean, let's face it. Police Quest One AGI. It was was done. A lot of it was done by by Mark Crow, who's just like the king mm-hmm. of the limited palette. Man, I mean, okay, that's I'm not I'm not willing to like die on that hill by calling him the king, but he's one of the best to ever do it. As far as a, a mm-hmm. limited EGA palette, it, it was, it's such a beautiful, awesome looking game. You know, so what say you? How do we how do we put a bow or a package on our our graphic segment of the show? As this accidentally turned out to be. Well, it goes back to the very first time I played this, which is when it came out and I was playing other similar games of its time frame, and I was excited for it as I often was for a remake. I never judged it point and click parser. I just was like, okay, more of the game I love. Right. I'm going to see all the dialogue that I've missed and didn't get a chance to ask everybody about. So I was kind of expecting it to be the same game tied up with a new bow. And when Sunny first came up on the elevator and you start walking around like... I I didn't fall in love with the art style, but it held me in until the driving happened. (laughs) And then I was like, and I I didn't end up finishing it. I stopped. I stopped right there and then, and I didn't pull it out like earlier this afternoon. I'm like, okay, well, we're doing a comparison episode. I should probably play this game. And uh, (laughs) I I do find it more visually appealing than I did then because of my reminiscence for this sort of graphics in general, but I found it to be lacking 
in some aesthetics, uh, like, like I mentioned, lights, um, shadows, shading. It was like, literally, here's the scene. We've created the scene and they're not even thinking about like what time of day it is or night mm. it is, or like, I don't know. That's a like great some point. Of, yeah, like some of the ambiance scenes could almost have been pulled right out of King's Quest V in, in the background artwork, and it just, I don't know, it's a little bit out of place. Ah, I just, there's no personality, <sighs> right? There's no yeah. personality. Like, there's more, when you said lighting, I thought of the intro to Police Quest Two, which is um, uh, at mm-hmm. nighttime, there's a, a solitary lamp light that's mm-hmm. projecting, like the, uh, projecting a, a circular light onto the brick wall. And and Sonny mm-hmm. goes chasing somebody through it, and it's just got it's just like dripping with atmosphere and personality, and and mm-hmm. it's you know that um, it just looks so much better. Yeah, this this realistic style. You're right. It has it has no it has no um, no lighting really. Like you said, there's no like yeah. It's just it's just quite. It's just not fun. It's not fun to look at. I can't articulate it better than that. I I, I can use more words and and make them fancier, but it's still going to come down to the fact that it's just not a great time to look at. But they advertised it as improved visuals and, you know, enhancements, better color depth, higher resolution. What other words can I think of that they used? I mean, it was they were really about that there was a lot of advancements in technology and we were able to do uh, older graphics that are just nothing like they were before. And I think they took that idea into the storyline a little. Let's clean it up a bit. Let's put in some of the humor. Let's take out some of the humor. Let's, you know, unsexy some things. And re- it just, they did all these little tweaks to make it not quite feel like the same game. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a smooth transition into more story stuff. But before we do, I'll just quickly say that this game looks like anybody that's ever downloaded like one of those pixel art apps for your phone that pixelizes photos. Like that's mm-hmm. what this game looks like. It looks like pixelized photos. Like it's, and and that's, mm-hmm. that does a disservice to the artist because it's much better than that in, in actual like detail, um, and it is do- it is done well in the detail sense. But it's just like yeah, it's 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 a pixelated real life. And again, in their defense, if any series in the Sierra catalog was to have this like hyper realistic look, it should be Police Quest. But mm-hmm. it's still not fun to look at. Whereas the original is, is absolutely gorgeous, if not quite similar to leisure suit larry one you could tell that mark mm-hmm. crow was working on both at the same time because if you look yeah. at like the outside of the blue room the the restaurant in police quest and the outside of lefties mm-hmm. from leisure suit larry like it's man they're close like they look like they're built next to each other and then you look at like helen hots next to any any of the female portraits from larry and it's yeah it's kind of the same i used but. to get them mixed up all the time i'd be like oh is she from larry people would be like no no people ha 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 but you know what i mean <laughs> <Which Person>. Okay, yeah, and the diner too. I ha- I have to say I love the the whole watermelon scheme. Now, when I played the original uh, as a kid, uh, there was there was uh, amber monochrome, as I've said before. So I didn't know it had this like funky, cool eighty watermelon kind of a you're at the mall kind of a vibe going to the diner. Right, there's just something about like the cayennes and magenta, like the loudness of that that palette. It makes everything so exciting. Like even the locker room. Oh, okay. So if, since we we are somehow still on graphics, um, I, I I gotta say, um, to, just in case this is cathartic to anybody listening, that there, that there's a there's if you if you can mentally picture the original Police Quest locker room, and in mm-hmm. the middle there's there's what turns out as I just realized yesterday is is actually a bench, <laughs> but man. Does this bench ever look like one of those captain's chairs, like from a sci-fi thing? It looks like one of those spinny around chairs, like like 
like that a villain would be sitting in a Bond villain, and then you spin around and you know holding a cat doing a Doctor Evil. Like it just it looks so much like a chair from Star Trek. If you if you choose to see it that way, that I saw it that way for thirty nine years until yesterday, my perception was shattered, and I was like, oh my god, that's actually a bench. Okay, I see that now. Um, so yeah, in case that hits anybody else, where the, the, you always thought there was just like this weird out of place chair in the locker room, it's um. It's a bench. It's possibly a reused asset from Marco doing Space Quest, <laughs> but that's here nor there. Okay. Anyway, so let's it, so it was a good visual, by the way. He he shared it with me, and I've always seen it as a bench. But as soon as he said it, my eyes turned it into a chair. And then when I was just playing it after, it's now a chair. So I totally get it. Okay, maybe that'll be like the thumbnail or something, just in case we can we, yeah. we corrupt anybody else's memory. Also, for for me and you, on on a quick little huddle side note, that's not not getting edited out. Let's jump into the the chronological order of the day because we'll do that thing. Yes. We'll do that Anna Paul thing where this is just all over the place. We're just excited. We got lots of notes and lots of things to say, and 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 you know we're kind of wanting for direction. But past Anna was looking out for us and and sent us a thing that we can follow. So <laughs> thanks, Anna. <laughs> yeah, great job. So beginning of the of a, of be, <laughs> you use the word duty. Why why'd you do that to me? <laughs> I'm gonna use it a lot. <laughs> duty. Duty duty duty. <laughs> <laughs> That's another word for poopy. All right, I'm sorry. That was, that was a bit on the nose. Anyway, morning at the station. So Actually, the game you want to plug your nose. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We're not. We're not done. We're <laughs> we'll never be done. Okay, morning at the station. So the game starts in the station hall. The player, Sonny Bonds, retrieves items from the locker, attends a briefing, and prepares for patrol. It's a lot of peas there, but we got through it. So the first thing I noticed at the very beginning of the game, which is exactly what you're talking about, is in the VGA version, I was used to using the keyboard because the original one, it's all keyboard. There's no mouse. And every time I go to walk, you, you push down, he goes diagonally. You push up, he goes diagonally. Because they're trying to do this like representation of 3D. And I feel unless you use the mouse cursor with the walk icon, that's a bloody difficult game to navigate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's funny too because we've been talking on the side about about Phantom Fellow stuff, and and I'm like, I'm pushing, I'm pushing people for everybody listening. I'm pushing players in in my game to use the arrows and the keyboard because I think it's it's just it's more precise and it's the way I've kind of I don't know designed the game. But it it only works because it because he in my game you only go left to right, so it's mm -hmm. like the, the left and right arrows is all you need. But but like you said with Police Quest, there's a lot of like. If you're stuck with the keyboard, there's a lot of like um, stair-like navigation, you know, like it's like up weirdly left, up diagonal. Left, up left. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. a lot of weirdly diagonal. Now, I will say, just on a nerd level, because I did, uh, I so for the, for the sake of this episode, Anna replayed the old one in preparation mm -hmm. because she had you know good enough recollection of the remake, and I did the opposite. I replayed the the mm -hmm. new one. Or no, I played the new one for the first time. Regardless, that way right. we can kind of bounce off each other during this episode and have fresh recollection of one each. That being mm -hmm. said, when I had a little extra time to kill this morning, I just quickly played like 20 minutes of a bunch of different versions. The Macintosh, mm -hmm. the Apple IIG, uh, I couldn't get my Atari one to work, and the Amiga Aww. one. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll just say that the Amiga and the Apple II GS... Uh, do have a sort of point and click vibe to it. You can you can click the there's an arrow cursor and you can click to walk, which is mm -hmm. quite handy in this game. Um, and, and so it's kind of neat for for AGI games in general. 
to have something like that, which I know with Apple and, and Macintosh, you know, they were early in the mouse game. So they were like really ham, ham fistedly pushing people towards using it. And that's why, but I just, as a quick note, if you're going to play the original version, play the Apple two GS version. Cause it's the most beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's always a bonus sound effect or two and you can point to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of nice. So right. uh, did you, I thank you for that. Uh, that was an, a nice, uh, you're goddamn welcome. Learning. Yeah. I it was really a pleasure. Appreciate it. <laughs> so at the beginning, if you're playing the regular version, I found that there was a little bit more of a time crunch than there is in the second one in the, in the first, the, before the remake, if you're not doing things right on time and going to the right place at the right time, you'd be getting in shit all over the place. And I feel in the second one, it wasn't as much of a big deal. Or it's not the second one in the remake. Sorry. Right. Yeah. Like I don't remember being being late for the briefing. Let's say because I I, mm-hmm. I I played a bit of the um, original with with my son also last night. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And we we'd missed the briefing twice because honestly, frankly, mm-hmm. he was dicking around and just like <laughs> <Bloody> kids. <laughs> and but yeah. Um, Actually, it wasn't even him. It was probably me taking screenshots of that chair in the locker room to send to you. <laughs> and we missed the briefing. <laughs> and I don't, but I don't remember missing the briefing in the remake. Um, to, and I, I wasn't using a walkthrough. I, let's just mm-hmm. say I was trying not to. I was giving everything a, a good go before, you know, mm-hmm. before turning to that. So, yeah, you're right. It was, it was a little loosened up then um, on the timing things. It was, it was, um, Oh, and the, a combination for the locker. I'm like, what do you mean combination for the locker? I don't need a combination for this bloody locker. But in the new one, it's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, and that was annoying because they make you do it every time too. And mm-hmm. you, you have to get into the locker quite a few times and you have to redo the code, which is like a, a finicky little GUI. And But but I was going to say, I don't know, what are your thoughts? I think the remake is easier. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier. And you know what? They put a lot of time and visuals into the scenes, like the car crash scene at the very beginning and stuff, which we're going to get to in a minute. But yeah, it was like, I didn't feel the stress. I didn't feel the pressure at all in the second one. I also found it slightly less whimsical. <laughs> uh, yeah, it definitely has more of like that kind of, yeah. The, the, the remake is is wanting for personality, I think, in, in a mm-hmm. lot of angles, because it's like, Police Quest 3 was being developed and, and James Jensen was in on that project and they were marketing it as like gritty and, and it kind of was mm-hmm. Police Quest 3. Police Quest 1 is not a gritty narrative, but like mm-hmm. they gave it like that, they gave it the gritty kind of treatment in the remake. Like the, that that's what the Police Quest series is to see It's a gritty game and it's like, I'm saying gritty mm-hmm. too much, but. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's the writing doesn't back up the rest of it. Like they, they're really pushing this kind of narrative, like tough, you know, street cop, like you know, real world kind of vibes. But then the story is just not that hard. In, well, in they like built up the t- they built up the time that it takes to play the second one, not by increasing the difficult by by increasing the tedium. Because you have to give out more parking tickets. You have to do more patrol work when you're out on the beat. I think you have to give out six or seven more tickets than you do in the first one. So they just, they extended it, I think, in a different way. Right. Well, the original has the driving, which takes up a mm-hmm. lot of time. And and I, that was, it was a realization I had today. I'm like, oh, you know, the, the driving was perhaps, because, you know, there, there was so much, there was a lot of concern about how long it would take you to play these games back in the day. It's a concern that's yeah. eradicated nowadays because if, if anything, people really enjoy like a short four to six hour romp with an adventure game. 
<laughs> so cheesy to say a romp, but um, mm-hmm. but back in the day, you know, they really wanted to extend playtime. So you, you know, hence like the Space Quest Five maze or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, the driving really extends the playtime in the first one for sure because it's just the, the amount of times you're going to crash inevitably. Oh my god, driving's tricky. You know what I did? I forgot to walk around the pimp bar later in the game before my partner came out and I my new partner and I went to go drive off and I was like, "Oh shit. Well, normally if you haven't driven off yet, you can just get back out of the car, open the door and do a walk around." But because I was waiting for my partner to get in, uh, it wouldn't let me do that and I I soft locked my own game. It was like, "Oh, let's go back to an old save file." Hard locked. Anyways, it didn't work. Driving. Speaking of which, you have to walk around your vehicle either way. Wait, did you? Sorry, I'm not. I, I can't. I can't. I can't just move on from that. So, do you, are you, when you say soft lock, did you crash it? Did you cause like a little bug? No, I just. Well, I just meant um, what happens was you have no choice now but to let her in the car. And if you type "get out of car," it says you can't get out of the car. You have stuff uh, to do, and your new partner's coming. So she walks over. She gets in the car. You're not allowed getting back out. And then you have to drive off because that's your only choice. And then the car blows up because you got a flat tire. Right, as they do. Yeah. And it's funny too that that car just it reminded me so much of the era of, of the eighties when cars had that soft pleasury fake roof, not a soft <laughs> roof, but you know like a cushioned roof. Yes. Like what a weird trend that was, man. Oh my god! Like, who thought they so were going to age well? Like they had to have so known gross. that shit wasn't going to last in the weather. All right, anyway. So gross. No, a bug is good. My kid was playing Half Life by Sierra. Random side note: and he, uh, this professor guy died, and he went between the guy's legs and had to crouch to pick some random thing up, and then he ended up blowing up in this weird glitchy bug and then the game glitches out and you can restart it. It's pretty funny. It's a Viking Back thing. You guys are you guys are oddly good at finding bugs. You found a bug in Beavis and Butthead, like some unearthed <laughs> 30, 35 year old bug nobody knew about. That's great. But yeah, um, okay, so if you don't walk around your car, you die is the point, but you have to go out on your first control or patrol, which is because you're just like a traffic cop. You're nobody. You're just Joe Schmo, whatever. And so you know that like later on, you're going to be meeting with your buds, but in the first place, you got to encounter to the Bonnie West incident. Right. And so two quick examples of how the remake is easier is that you don't have to physically walk around it. I think you just have to look at it, the car. And then, and then a classic fucking owlo fuckery in the first, in in the original is I'm going to try and for the listeners, I'm going to try really hard to say original instead of first one. But for any time either of us say the first one, we we mean the original, Um, probably obviously, but there you go. The, in, in the original, you have to look in the pigeonhole twice to get mm-hmm. to get the the meet me at the diner thing, which is just you see nothing. That's so out low, dude. Like him in the look in the same spot a few times thing is is just look very, in dumpster. There's mm, nothing in the exactly, dumpster, yeah, Larry. You know I, look yeah. in dumpster. Oh, what do you know? There's something in that dumpster. That's after where all. the bitterness was coming from. You knew it. <laughs> But it was just like, yeah, when that when I came across that again last night, I was like, damn it, Al, <laughs> with the, the mm-hmm. looking in the same place twice, like that that's a tough one to forgive. It really is. But but anyway, in in the remake, for the point of it being a little bit easier, is that you don't have to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And and I will just take a quick time out to say that. Well, first of all, in in the remake, there's there's a bonkers driving tutorial, and it just mm-hmm. it goes on forever. I think you you mm-hmm. played with it this morning. Did you did you mm-hmm. run across the tutorial? Did you find it really annoying, or was I just like sick and in a bad mood when I made this note? No, it's long and you can't skip it. It's the same with if you accidentally that you want to watch the intro at the beginning. It's like okay, but just know you're locked into watching this now and you have no choice. 
And it just goes on and on. It's like, uh-huh. dude, I get it. Like it's, it, there's, yeah. there's a physical, it's, there's some arrows you drive, there's a map. I, it's, it's, we're good. Yeah. Like it's not like hotkeys. Like you drew yeah. a, a gas and a brake pedal. And so like, I obviously click <laughs> them. Like I, I, I got it. I got it. It just so kept bad. going though. And, and so, and I'll say too, since we're on the driving, the driving in the remake sucks. It is no yeah. fun. Like I literally, it's why the whole reason I stopped playing the first time other than the graphics. Right. And it's like, it, it, can you imagine anything that would make you miss Police Quest 1 AGI's driving? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, the remake. The remake will actually oh make God. you wish it. Because I was like, man, yeah, it's like it's really hard and you crash a lot. And the, the saving and loading mm-hmm. does get a little, it wears on you. And but pulling it's, somebody over. Oh, my God, you have to be so exact. Yeah, dude. You have just, to go right behind them in the line and you have to do it just right or you're going to crash into them and explode. And the biggest dick move is the red lights that are at the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you screen transition, like you screen mm-hmm. transition into you like died. a red light and you have to stop immediately. And if you don't, yeah. But you kind of miss that because it's fucking so boring <laughs> in the remake. The, the driving is mm-hmm. really boring and, it, and it's like it, it requires – it's that weird kind of level of thing where this this come we all come across this in many facets of life where it's like something that requires just enough attention to where you can't mindlessly mm-hmm, do it. But but it's also uh, exactly no fun. that's exactly it. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can't because I'm just like fine. Drive there. I'm going to walk away and go pee. But it's like right. no, no. Sit back down and click those gas pedals, baby. Yeah, just enough babysitting to where you can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. All right, mm-hmm. okay. So, anyways, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go back to chronological for for as long as we can stand. So so we perform our first safety check and we're off and we respond to the Lonnie West incident. Yes. And uh, what happens is it's a great big car crash, which, as I mentioned, was pretty grand looking. They put a lot of effort into that crash scene on that VGA remake. Like, dude, it was intricate because you're going from like this simple, there's a brick wall, there's a car crashed in it, there's a dude that's dead, and there's like a little crowd of people here, and that's the end. And in the other one, there's like, you know, you've got the pylons and the cones and the people and the, and the very specific, like there's a, I think a donut house in the background and the crowd's even bigger and everything's just more. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It was well, funny too. Cause in the original, like this game is, is, has such a, is so revered in my mind that, that it, my memory of that scene in the original is even bigger and grander than, than the remix interpretation mm-hmm. of it. Right. It's like, Oh, it, I like that. <laughs> it, it, but yeah, the remake was kind of going for that anyway, to just, just kind of add to it. And, and yeah, so this is, this is like your, your typical getting introduced into the world kind of thing. You go up, you talk to people, you know, you, you follow the procedures. I, I, I guess I'll stop real quick to defend the procedures in this game because you know, it's one of those things that gets shit on constantly when you hear reviews of this game or any sort of like, yeah, mm-hmm. just recollections of this game. I was just thinking game. about that too. Because you know what? There is nothing I like more than yelling at a perp, say, get out of your car with your hands up. Stop moving. Halt. Lie down. And then you, you know, you search him and cuff him and you actually get to say it like that. You don't have to say, tell man to get out of car. Like for the safe, this, because you have to follow protocol. Everything has right. to be done in the right way or you die. So you're literally able to yell that you can even put it all in caps and be like do these things i'm the cop use the real words like it makes you feel like you're interactively a part of the game especially the way they handled it in the original right and even even like when you, know, you get a radio code like 1144 like there's mm-hmm. something kind of fun about these it feels like you're um 
deciphering the code, you know, in a sense where mm-hmm. you, you then you then you go to the manual and you, and you you know like yeah, it is a little gatekeepy and arguably even copyright protectiony, but it's it's kind of fun and and I guess I just want to say in a procedural sense that this is this is what it is like for police. Like they weren't they weren't taking it to like some unrealistic extreme. And and you I know, know I can already I can already hear the counter argument is like, well, maybe, maybe that doesn't make it fun, which, okay, fair enough. But I just wanted to say, like, what else do you expect? Like, what else would you do as a cop if, if it's not like a GTA style game? Like, you, you know, you're not like there is no like shooting and chasing and shit like that. Like, this is the adventure. OK, I guess what's sticking out of my head is like, at least in the States, if a policeman hits you with, with a radar gun and mm-hmm. gets you for speeding and you get a ticket. If, if you want to, you, you could fight it in court by demanding that the police officer provide um, calibration records for his radar gun. And if his radar mm-hmm. gun wasn't calibrated correctly or at the correct time or wasn't up to date, for example, then you get out of the ticket. And like that, that's, mm-hmm. that's just how it works with police work. Like you, you, everything has to be extremely by the book or the person gets off. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so it's like the, the, it, it is in the spirit of being a policeman. Like this is, this is their, their life. This is what it's like to be a cop is you have to follow the exact procedure or the person gets mm-hmm. off. Like that is the way it is. And again, if the counter argument is like, then well, that's no fun to that. I say fair enough, but I would just counter that again with what, what else do you expect? Like what, what is, what is an adventure game of being a cop <laughs> supposed to be then? Mm-hmm. So anyway. Yeah, I agree. I, would, I just was going to interrupt you with an agreement anyways in the first place. It's <laughs> like, yeah, dude, the very first guy teaches you that lesson immediately or not um, after the later on and we'll get to it. And, and when we talk about him, I'll explain why, because I think it's it's really neat the way that they put that all together. But uh, in the meantime, after you're done with the whole crime scene and you're dealing with the cops and and you get your evidence, you can uh, you can search the car and, and do all those little things if you want to. Uh, and you can check glove boxes, which mm-hmm. is kind of fun. I think this is the first game I ever played where you got to look in a glove box. Yeah, yeah. Well, and God, as as I think specifically you and maybe nobody else would know, is that there's, there's you can go into the glove box in my game, and and that's because of this. Like the the whole reason mm-hmm. Phantom Falls has has like, well, not. I mean, they, they were going to have a car regardless, but like I think a lot a large thing behind like thought behind having them be able to go into the car and then open the glove box to get a notebook was was totally just police question like it uh what do you call it um i I don't know not a podcaster what am i supposed to do have words on hand Mm -hmm. (laughs) um inspirational or something right that might have been the word doesn't matter all right anyway like. So once you're done dealing with the first heist, you just kind of like, and that's the thing that happens, especially in the uh, in the uh, original, is driving around and waiting for the next. Like it's a little bit more streamlined in the second one, but you, you just kind of drive around and go screen to screen and wait, and then the time comes, you got to go over and you got to head to the diner. I think next in here, right? Well, and this looking- is where. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'll say real quick that that was another note I had for as far as the original taking up time on purpose and and the remake right. too. I guess it, it's not just about driving; it's difficult. I guess my point and my my poorly written note here, my point to the listeners would be that they they kill time or extend gameplay is a better way to word it. They extend gameplay mm-hmm. through driving, whether that's mm-hmm. in the first one how how difficult it is, how much you crash, or in both of them, just the the delays that you cannot 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to trigger anything faster. Like you just you just have no. to drive around aimlessly until you get radioed. It's true. Although if you just sit in one spot and don't do anything, at least as far as I could see, like you can't do that in the second one the same way. But in the first one, I don't think anything seems to happen because I sort of wandered away a few times and it didn't come up and not until I switched screens and drove around a little bit more did it. And I'm like, how does the bloody clock in this thing go? Because say if you're at the very beginning in the original and you're just standing there doing nothing, time passes, you miss the meeting, everybody's angry. But if you take the same amount of time and you go into the locker room and you take a shower and you do all your locker stuff and then you go into the meeting, it's like, oh, you're just in time and it's like totally empty. So it just seems random. That's interesting because I, I consider uh, my my son was crashing just just so much that that I was <laughs> like maybe maybe I should just park us in the road and, and let the radio and I didn't get a chance to try it because he kept you know taking over and crashing us but I will say like in in AGS a check I'll use for pro, uh, when I'm programming the game is like um, uh, you can check if a, if a character is moving or if an object is animating. So I, I guess I I would I would say that they they must be doing that then they're running a check to see if the car is. If the car is moving, oh, if you know, I, I don't know if it would be if a character is a character is moving or if whatever. I don't know how HGI programming Check works, but the same idea. Moving something, something. Yeah, you could, they could cool. see if it's yeah. mo- if it's moving or and or animating. So that's kind of neat to know that they they did that. They they thought that far and ahead. Like they knew the player would quickly catch on and try to just park it and wait. <laughs> Those bastards. Okay, but anyway, so yeah, after uh, after that incident, that's that's basically when we, we we find a dead body. By the way, everybody, so so we get to mm-hmm. that car crash. Um, the guy's dead. He got shot in the jaw. Um, mm-hmm. Hyper specific, but that's that's the way it is. And and we basically call superiors to kind of take over from there because it's a homicide mm-hmm. and that's a bit over our pay grade at that point. But yeah, we walk around, we get some information from the bystanders, and and we do the thing, and then we basically you know, just farm it out <laughs> to mm-hmm. our superiors and fuck off yeah. to Carol's caffeine castle. And this is what I've been waiting to talk about because this is the hook. <laughs> Paul's been waiting. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the hook for me for the whole game was the humor. And this cafe is where I first encountered the, the sort of solid humor that I love that Paul thinks I'm nuts for. But if you, if you look at the menu, it'll say, there it is. Filet of hummingbird breast, pig sty stew, <laughs> proud she pork sounds. rind, <laughs> and then he says yum with the question mark. And then if you type look room, like as in generally, it says they look choked up from too much hummingbird. And that's the gut buster. That was the one that, just, <laughs> that was the just real rib tickler for Anna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody, we, are, we go back and forth <laughs> in Messenger talking about episodes, and, and it was just. A very hummingbird-centric messenger string. It's true. It was yeah. Most most of her notes are, are centric around this hummingbird situation. <laughs> of course, that's all. I was going to talk about it for like the whole time. I'm like, can we do another four-hour-long episode, but like entirely focus on the hummingbird food angle? And Paul's like, maybe. Well, we we took it actually quite far, messenger, to the point where at some point Anna generated had had AI generate us. A, <laughs> Because <laughs> I was like the hummingbird, like if you were to buy cooked hummingbird, it probably looked like like how Chinese restaurants do teriyaki beef on a stick, you know, like that mm-hmm. shriveled up sad piece of meat on a stick. And then I was like, but it would have wings and exes for eyes. And then she hits me back with, with an AI generated <laughs> art of it. Which was just put flowers on the plate for decorations around the you know how hard it was for me to convince the AI to give it X's for eyes without it kicking me back out? I mean, it took some effort. 
<laughs> okay, actually, that should be the thumbnail. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you go, you go to Caroline Castle. Carol's. We'll just say Carol's. You go to Carol's. Which, and, by the way, in the new one, looks one hundred percent like Saved by the Bell, nineteen nineties. You're at a mall at the Galaxy Galleria, maybe or something. It's very like in the original. I feel it was a little bit like kitschy and old fashioned, maybe even. But it was like new and snazzy and revamped. It's so much better than the original. It's just yeah. Again, <laughs> with the personality part of it, yeah, it, it has like it just. It feels like a like a like a diner where there's indoor smoking and it's run by somebody named Carol. Like it just has that feel to it. And in, in the remake, it's just, there's just nothing there. There's no personality there at all. There's some weird ham fisted pie jokes in the remake. She's mm-hmm. like, she's really trying to get you to, I don't know if that's in the original too, but she's like, Sonny doesn't want the pie and she thinks you do. It's just a weird vibe, a real swing and a miss. And I will say, I'll take mm-hmm. a, a, a pause here to say that the remake has less owl lowedness. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's less owl low in the remake. And that's for better and worse. I like, I would say that as just an overarching comment to make on the remake is that they, they look back the, uh, the pro would be that this is a pro and con by the way, not yeah. So the pro would be, they looked at the original and, and got a nice summary of the story and really expanded on it. And they give you more character development. I think all around for almost all the characters in the game, there's just a little bit more polish, a little bit more development, a little bit more reason there's more setup like things don't things can be a little jarring in the first one like the chicken which we'll get to um and there's a little bit more like setup in 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 the remake like the remake Mm -hmm. knew what was going to happen and they prepared us for it and but that being said it also lost some outlawedness it lost some of Mm -hmm. like the zany just just lightheartedness i guess you could say of the original like and and that there and there and kind of lies the charm like the the charming Mm -hmm. aspect of the first one is a lot of that was out low but the con again with the original is that uh, there's moments in the original, and I say this just just as like as, as an adult, like that's a weird <laughs> brag, you know, <laughs> as an adult person. Um, <laughs> one of those, uh-huh. one of those. <laughs> um, as yes, as an adult, as a mature person, <laughs> um, I can say. <laughs> Golly gosh, mister, you're like a real grown-up. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, what I'm trying to say is not not from the nostalgic view that I really do have for the original, but just trying to be skeptic from the side, I can say that it's quite obvious that the, the first one was done by two very different people. You've got mm-hmm. Jim Walls and, and Aldo, and, and <laughs> they just... They could not be more different, and, and that does slap you across the face like a cold snowball to the ear on a winter morning. Sometimes, where you're just oh like, "Wow, that's God. that yes, was that's really like- sexual, or that was really silly." Like just out of nowhere, it rips you from Jim Wall's more grounded, gritty police work, and it just hits you with like this hypersexual moment, and you're like, "That was Al Lowe's." <laughs> that's why code name Iceman, although it looked like it could have been Larry Four, wasn't funny because it was just like. It didn't have the owl in it. It didn't have the owl in it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and a quick side note, just in case we don't get back to Owl, though, um, Mm -hmm. we had him on on the show a long time ago. Um, And that that was a great interview. I'm not, and Mm -hmm. not just saying it sort of way as to not waste your time if you did want to go check it out. That's one of those ones that's that's quite good. Like, um, we we tried to ask questions that he wasn't used to getting. So hopefully there there was Mm -hmm. like some actual 
not new information, but you know, different things. And one of mm-hmm. one of the angles in that spirit, let's say, was to talk to him a lot about Police Quest because mm-hmm. all three of us, uh, Rick was was with us at the time. And that's why I say three of us. So all mm-hmm. three of us were. We all love Police Quest, so we asked him quite a lot of Police Quest questions, if nothing else, than to give him like a break <laughs> from all the Larry stuff he always has to do. Um, but we learned a lot of cool things. And one of the funnier uh, anecdotes that he told us, I really wanted that word just then, <laughs> was um, that, that when he when he was brought on to the project, because basically Jim was being just a little too Jim, maybe a little too Iceman, <laughs> to your point, Anna. It was just like a little <laughs> too – wasn't quite – it, it just it was everything but fun i think it was, was kind of how uh, like ken and sierra too was much submarine not enough semen right exactly wow that was great mm-hmm. that was great i could taste that statement it was <laughs> metallic briny yeah um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's messed up okay um God, yeah, of course I don't know what I was saying after all that. I mean, how could you? <laughs> I totally interrupted you hard. <laughs> how, would, how would anybody, though? I mean, honestly, I don't care I know, how, I how just... many episodes we've done. Nobody can prepare. Okay, so anyway, he said that, okay, I know what I was saying. Jim Walls, <laughs> every time you fucked up in the game before Allo came on, um, Jim <laughs> Walls had it programmed to where every single time you messed up, it was, Jim Walls would pop up on the screen and say, you're blowing it. <laughs> and, and Al had to, you know, basically that was that was how Al introduced us to the notion that Jim hadn't ever developed a game before. And he was like, "Okay, Jim, we can't you can't just do that every time. Maybe once, mm-hmm. but you know, so we can't beat the player to death with your blowing it. Um, and, and maybe we need to even tell the player, like, give him a hint as to how they blew it, so they don't do it again. And just you know, development stuff that that Al took Jim under his wing for before setting him loose bravely into codename Iceman, which was <laughs> not great. Um, but I will say Jim does Jim Jim the, the Jim does pull the rudders up and kind of yeah Jim gets altitude again with uh, blue force, blue force. Yeah, yeah that game was actually exactly. that game was actually fun even though you oddly play off duty like the whole game so you don't have any perks of being a cop and you're a cop oh, um, we haven't even done an episode choice. about that together have we the grandma's uh, hardcore man she is yeah, so hardcore she is. she's so <laughs> super hardcore um, yeah actually we'll have to do that we'll have to do that someday all right anyway <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> so so I know I think I'm done though right yeah I just wanted to mention mm-hmm. that in case we got away from Alo oh to anybody listening who who goes on to play to play the phantom fellows which is getting mentioned more than i intended this episode i'll just say <laughs> that there is a death scene and and the one and the sierra death message starts with you're blowing it and now <laughs> now you'll you'll know why so <laughs> you get a little extra <laughs> when you see exactly. it exactly so so the reason you're at carol's caffeine castle isn't just to hang out with your friends at this point you're actually no, no, no. going there because there are problems next door and it involves everybody yes it does. Well, you know what? Before we move on to that, let me say real quick, because this is when we meet Steve who's crying about his daughter, right? Uh, I think, yeah. Is that the when redhead? we meet Steve or do we meet him at the end of the shift too? Maybe we see him twice there. Yeah. I mean, the story's not good. The, the point is whenever it is you meet him, his daughter's in a hard up way. Isn't he? Isn't she? Yeah, exactly. And and, yeah. and so so I wanted to bring this up because uh, our our good our good actual friend and and network member uh, trolls Space Quest mm-hmm. historian um, did an awesome retrospective on Police Quest, which will be linked below uh, this episode and in, in our thing, so you guys can check it out when you're done listening if you haven't already. And please do, like it is super fun, mm-hmm. so um, funny. <laughs> And and obviously, you know, his his angle, Trolls' angle is to to humorously shit on the on 
on these games as he mm-hmm. did with King's Quest to great effect and to my entertainment. Um, but mm-hmm. I will just say too, because I saw in another review, it might have been Rose's review, but they, they were giving it a hard time, including Trolls, for this not being necessary. Like it doesn't do anything for the story. And and I just want to disagree and say that I think this does something for the story. Whether it was executed well is obviously up for your own opinion and debate. It's not executed well in the first one. Um, in in the remake, it's done a little bit better. But I, I think it's I think it's actually the fact that Jim Walls knew to do this shows the potential. Like, yeah, he wasn't like a seasoned storyteller yet, but this is actually good storytelling because what he's doing is trying to make it personal for you, the player, and for Sonny. To say that, like, hey, it's not just the fact that drug dealers are infiltrating our little town and and fucking it up, but it's like, here's how it hits home. Now, one of yeah. your officers' daughters, who's buying these drugs from this guy, is is mm-hmm. you know in a coma because of an overdose. So it's like it, it really isn't. Yeah, it's it's super ham-fisted. And it's not handled great in the original. So I get why trolls and why it's perceived that way. But I would just say, yeah. you know, looking below the surface, if you really if you really want to find a meaning, there is one there, and it's a de- it's a decent one. It's 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 a good storytelling tactic, right? To to get personal investment on the player or protagonist side. So, yeah, I think and- they did. Uh, I mean, it was funny because I mean the progression is kind of funny. You're like, oh, his his marriage is falling apart. He's having problems with his daughter, and and then later on, we'll talk about how his friends all try to cheer him up. <laughs> the whole progression yeah. just goes downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh my goodness. And then and what, I took what screenshots makes, of the whole thing. <laughs> what makes it even funnier and what makes me a monster is that, is that, is, is that she dies. His daughter dies. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, That's oh it. my yeah. God, they killed her. That's, they really oh killed God. her. They really saw that. Like they just, this Didn't poor guy. You, I thought that I missed something in the game. Like, did I not arrest somebody? Like when I was a kid, I thought right. I didn't arrest somebody in time or I missed something because you know at the very end of the game it gives you a rundown uh, for the court right guilty not guilty and it all depends on the evidence you collected and if you collected it properly but in this it's just like you can't you can't even stop it man I'm just like I'm so sorry <laughs> yeah yeah you're exactly right and that's again that's the, the um the two people the two very different people on the behind the writing of this game is that there's your Jim Walls where like mm-hmm. the daughter dies god damn it that's how it would have been Oh, and then- that's what I was going to say. I think some of the stories, especially when you go into the locker room and talk to the other police officers and they tell you about some of the arrests that they've made that are not a part of the game, I think they came from it. Maybe of exactly what happened. I think it was all influenced by actual events that he saw out on the force. I think even his friend dying, the daughter, the overdose, I think this is stuff that he's encountered uh, with all of his time. Like I could feel like there's this one sort of story when he's in the locker room. Here we go. And um, he's like, hey, can you believe Morris? Oh no, that's Morris. But anyways, this dude was so wired. He was nude break dancing on loose gravel. His back looked like raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that is something you've experienced in some way. I don't think Jim was entirely making that up. I'm like, it's no, dude, specific, this happened to yeah. one of your officer friends for sure. Yeah, that sentence sounds like how the remake looks. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's that just, whew, man, that's a tough that's t- that's a tough watch. It's <laughs> um, real quick on on Steve before we move on to from from him, and then we'll move on to what's going on next door at Carol's. Um, but mm-hmm. before we move on to next door, I just want to say Steve has has a ridiculous comment, um, and so does Sunny in more or less this area of the game where Steve's like, my girlfriend gave up karate to work on her tan. 
And I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck was that sentence? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> it's also like a very California in the 80s sentence. Like in a mm-hmm. very, you know, in just one little sentence, just having karate and work on her tan. It's like they, they, they did capture an era there. Um, mm-hmm. And then Sonny, I think he more or less responds with, what do I need with women when I have a computer? And I just right. I think that, mm-hmm. that myself right now and potentially a lot of our listeners can, can just be like, fuck yeah. I hear that. Yep. This is it. <laughs> this is the new way to go. Sonny was ahead of his time. And I mean, right? about what the a- computer he was working with. <laughs> exactly. He was, he was ahead of his time. Perfectly put. Okay. So bring oh it, bring God. us next door, Anna. What's going on there? Well, uh, next door, there's some rough housers. And I mean, until you talk to Carol about what the problem is, you can go in the next door and you can bother with them. And they're just like, what, what go away. But if you find out there's a problem, you go over there, you're kind of like, y'all have to move your bikes here. It turns out the emergency is simply that the bikes are parked in front of Carol's place. And there's lots of parking all around there. And they weren't even causing Carol any trouble. And honestly, I think she could have just like coped with them being there. But whatever. Well, frankly, why no Willie's trying to run a business? I mean, where where are his patrons supposed to park? It, it, it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I don't. I didn't understand that. Like, okay, I will no. say that since we we're covering this whole point of this is to do the remake thing, I, I almost apologize for it. But then there's like, wait, that's that's why we're here. In the remake, mm-hmm. I, I guess maybe they even realized this because they they drew a, a, a new fresh screen that you get to see in the remake, where it's like this. You get to see that Wino Willie's has its own parking lot. Is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say in the remake. There's like a dirt parking lot, and it kind of wraps around the building and. And whatever. But the point is, is like in, in the original, it really does seem like they're parked in the only place that they could park if they were to go to that facility, like that, you know, that place. So it seemed really oh, unfair yeah. of Carol. But in the remake, they, they definitely covered their tracks there. They're like, OK, they must they must have spotted that one. In other words. Yeah, it must have been. You know, when the bikes are all parked in front on the original, uh, the first time I played it, I thought that that was like one of those white lines that they draw on the ground to be like, this is where you can or can't park. And every time I'd hit that white line, I'd die. It was, turns out it's because you're driving into the bikes. Uh, it took me forever to figure that out. Can you, because <laughs> I have a note here, can you, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll go with the note first. And I said that I was getting... I was getting crazy anxiety because in the remake, every time that Sonny walks to get back in his car, he goes like way into the street and it was mm-hmm. really stressing me out because anybody who's played Sierra AGI games knows you don't, you don't just walk characters into the street. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was really, it was really stressing me out in the remake because Sonny kept just like really heading out into the street and then hooking a U-turn back to the car door. And I was just like, please, Please don't get hit by a car. You don't know this, but you're in a Sierra game right now. They're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> Those angles. I think that's why it happened that way. They're, they really got some weird views on some of these rooms. Even, okay, I'm in the diner and I just, I get the feeling like the floor is like a little wavy. Like it's not directly straight all the way across. Like, I don't know. There's just, they, they were playing with experimental angles a lot. Yeah, they were. They absolutely were. They, and they did that a lot in the Police Quest series because Police Quest 3 has one of the coolest directorial decisions I've seen in a Sierra game, which is they <laughs> they film, let's say, or they place the camera in in, in a on a parking lot's lamplight. Mm-hmm. So you're you're like you're you're looking down from the lamplight in the parking lot at the scene. This is Police Quest Three. It's unrelated to the episode, but it was just really cool. It was, it was quite creative. So, but it, yeah, it just kind of go to show they were using the series to try and 
pull mm-hmm. some like crime drama camera angles from perhaps like uh larry i think it was larry five was it that the one yeah the shower scene and you're looking up through the underneath for the glass shower floor right that's three that's in underview. three oh is it three yeah and you get the underview of his junk like that i thought that was just an amazing angle it's it really was yeah that's not an angle i wish <laughs> on anybody like jesus <laughs> that's just, it's hardcore. That, whole, that game was so funny yeah, that's an awesome game. So we we'll have to do that an episode on that one day. Um, okay, yeah, we should. So, so we we deal with the situation at Winos, and that's when we're introduced to to Sweet Cheeks Marie. Who? Oh yeah, right. Because first you have to take out your baton and beat the bikers. First you're like, get the hell out, and they're like, no, we won't. We're gonna beat the shit out of you, pig. And you're like, oh no, you won't. And then you beat him, and they're like, ah, no, you don't really beat them. But they're like, oh my god, he's pulled out the weapon. I think he's actually gonna hurt us. And then they all leave. And sweet cheeks Marie, who you're already a little bit kind of soft with, is sitting there on the bench. You know, you'd think his love interest would have been his female partner. He gets later in the narcotics division, but no. Here we go. Enter love interest. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Enter now surrounded <laughs> by a bunch of just sweaty biker guys. She got done filming a Bukaki thing and we're like, I love you. It's, it's a really weird dynamic that, that goes on with Marie because she's she, it's very obvious that she's a prostitute in the game and that's what she does and, and everything like that. But there's no self-awareness. There's no like they don't take a, uh, even a minute to like have any sort of like self-awareness towards Sonny to, uh, of that fact. It's like, that's completely ignored mm-hmm. when it comes to their budding romance. But, but otherwise mm-hmm. it's like, it's her whole character arc is, is just being a whore being, well, mm-hmm. that's not fair being a hooker. She's paid for it. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Um, <laughs> well, Let's no, I guess whore does here, work. It's, yeah. No, I think it's not a slut. Whore. She's a whore. You have to say it like whore. Hoa. Well, that's, that's a whole different thing, but. Why? What I was trying to differentiate in for our, for for our, uh, astute listeners is that she's not a slut; she's a whore because she gets paid for it. That's that's all I was trying to do there. But and I, I regret it. Everybody is worse off for it. But we're we're done with it now. So yeah, we meet Marie, and and she's a prostitute, and we warn her to stay off the streets. She's not gonna she's not gonna listen to the warning. We're gonna yeah, tell her that like- there's. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, we're gonna tell her that they're about to sh- like sweep the streets and 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 you know arrest all the prostitutes, and mm-hmm. and then we find her back in jail a few days later, and it's just like like honey, keep please, can you keep them closed? Like I'm trying to fall in love with you here, and you just you keep banging other dudes. It's- well, you go to give her a kiss in the original. You're like you you go to kiss her when you first hear, and she's like, ah, oh, that's so sweet. I'd love to, but I have an appointment in like five minutes. <laughs> right. You're like, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Should I wait? Like, fine. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> she, she's very hot for Sunny too. We should mention, it's especially in the in oh my god, the, not especially in the remake, but they, it's it's mm-hmm. she just has it's more. Fair. I think she has more lines in the remake, so there's just more opportunity to hear how much she she she's definitely mm-hmm. more on the nose about it in the remake about how much she really mm-hmm. likes you. In the first mm-hmm. one, you get like a little whiff mm-hmm. of it here and there. You're like, oh, I think she's into me. But in the second one, it's like. She, she's she's yeah. always liked you and and mm-hmm. yeah so that's that's nice i yeah. guess i guess you don't really know for sure in the first one until you're like pretty much kissing her through the bars of the jail cell and you're like ah yeah. oh, this is really gonna be a thing huh <laughs> <laughs> trolls brilliantly gave the guy in the cell next to you guys like a what the fuck's a slot bubble for that scene because he's just like what the fuck this cop is fully hooking up with the hooker in the cell next to me right now this is this is weird um 
I love that. The jail scene's so funny. He's just like, when you walk in, the guy, the booking guy is just like, hey, what's up, hot pencil? And he's got all these great little names. And then there's this like big, scary bouncer looking dude in the other jail cell that like verbally yeah, assaults you every time you go near him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Such and when great- Sonny, when Sonny meets um, Sweet Cheeks, I've, I got a note for this part where he, <laughs> a really funny line that Sonny says. And this is, uh, this was, uh, I think this line's only in the remake. Let me know if you saw it in the original recently, but I think it was only in the remake. Sonny says that, uh, oh, okay, I'll just read it as I wrote the note. You cringe at the colossally stupid words that just came out of your mouth. And, and the, <laughs> the words that came out of his mouth was, he says this to Marie, I'm a policeman. Oh no! I do that. It not was in the so first like Ralph Wiggum. It was so funny because it did Hi, sound. I'm a policeman. I protect people. <laughs> but it was it's like you kind of believe it at first because it just it reads like how the original Police Quest reads. The the whole game mm-hmm. is not slick with its wording. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean? like it's just like uh, like I know one of the lines from the original from from that jail cell scene is um, uh, God, what was it? Um, just just escaped me as I went to say it out loud. That's not fair. It's not fair. I finally had time. Um, fuck, it's gone. Okay, well, either way, the point is, is that the first game isn't isn't the most, I don't know, well-articulated game. It's, it's not mm-hmm. the most poetic, I guess you could say, it's in the way it's worded. So when Sonny says to Sweet Cheeks, I'm a policeman, you're just like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that's kind of on brand for the Police Quest series. But then he acknowledges that it was really stupid and, and that it was him just like looking at a pretty girl and being like, I'm a policeman. So anyway, it was, yeah, it was no, adorable. No, that's cute, though. That's funny. Oh, and the other change, too, when you right after you leave there, you have to start doing some BUI work. And in the first one, it was uh, the dude's name was Art Serbian, Serbian, Serbian. And I think it was based on Al Lowe. And it was like on the driver's license. It said one of his restrictions was programmer. (laughs) But Uh, they changed his name. He was uh, Bill Barnum in the second one. And he had two prior convictions. So you just got to. Oh, no, so, no. So that, okay, they changed it to bit. It's funny. It, it looks more Bill Barnum than Art Serbian. Mm hmm. But basically, you arrest Aldo and bring him to jail. And this, the, yeah, that's the first time and he he'll kill it. you. He will. He's like, I'm He'll feeling you, really man. sick. If you if you could cuff my hands in front of me, and if you listen and you cuff his hands in front of when you go to put him in the police car, he kills you and you die on the street right there somehow. Yeah, just just. <laughs> just like your average happen. like 45 year old dad who drank a little too much he'll just straight murder you in cold blood <laughs> it's true. <nothing> wrong. <laughs> oh my god all right so that, that brings us to the end of our first shift well well mm-hmm. yeah we bring art to jail that brings us to the end of the first shift it lets us interact with the jailhouse and see how things work there and man and i was dude with me. go ahead <laughs> What I was going to say is, as a kid, it feels so cool. It feels so like part of the job. Like, you know, now you get to bring him to jail and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Okay, you go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. It's just, yeah, it's funny because like the big scary dude in the jail. Oh, and there's always that black dude playing basketball outside, which is funny. But he's like, he calls the police sidewalk lizards. And I always wondered, like, I'm guessing that's probably a name that was used out on the beat. I don't think that was made up for the game. Yeah, well, it's funny because there's a first of all, yeah, the, 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 I got to acknowledge the basketball playing guy and, and just say to, to trolls in case he's listening, there was there was four cells, um, <laughs> but he, uh, there's there's some hand fisted, especially in the remake, they do it even more, and I think they're they're trying to like 
I don't know. Ultimately, it's just not great writing because I think they're they're trying to make you feel like you're in a cop's world, and they make the mistake of doing that in the remake by just having them say what you think is cop sounding stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Jim Walls is on the project anymore, and <laughs> it's just like mm-hmm. a bunch of Sierra staff like thinking that cops sound like this. Like, okay, an example is like, um, it's it's the other not not Sweet Cheeks. What's the other girl's name? Sunny, Laura? Like, oh, yeah, not Laura. the prostitute. Laura, yeah. It's Laura, yeah, thank you. Um, Laura, like, walks into the jail. This is the remake where Sunny is, and she's like, Sunny, I'm glad I spotted you black and white out there. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's like, yeah, she means black and white, like you, a cop car. And it's just like, mm-hmm. whew, man, that is so, like, shoehorned in. It's so just, argh, just ram it in there. Like, this is a police game. We call cars mm-hmm. black and white. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Jesus Christ. I get it. I'm a cop. Um <laughs> But yeah, both games basically. I'm just trying to say are a little. They're a little rigid with their delivery on how how you know on cop slang. Let's say with sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you got you got to rush back to the office, and if you're playing the uh, original version again, that timeline thing cuts. And if you take too long, the chief gets really angry, and and it doesn't matter. I mean, when you go back, the chief's angry, but not at you. He's angry at a gremlin, the gremlin, the gremlin. <laughs> yes. So. Okay, this is the chicken scene. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there's a few things to say about it. One is that it's it's not it's not the it's not the as this is cre- again credit to trolls from his video, but it's it's not the Astro Chicken song that's playing here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, it, if anything, the Astro Chicken song in that scenario would be the Police Quest chicken scene song, right? Because Police mm-hmm. Quest came out two years before it, but. There's no need to call rank because ultimately th- that's the Astro Chicken song is, is a real folk song from like 1910 called the Chicken Reel. So if you guys want to hear the actual real uh, Astro Chicken song, it's called the Chicken Reel, R-E-E-L. And you can check it mm-hmm. out. It's a really old song. It actually has lyrics too. Or better yet, just watch uh, the Space Quest Historian's video on Police Quest because he'll play all of that song you'll ever want to hear in, in a good mm-hmm. 20 seconds. <laughs> but the point is there's this chicken who's not at least, and I, I don't recall, did they say that in the second one? Cause they're like, not only is it putting feathers out all over the chief's desk done by some prankster called the gremlin, but it's also shitting everywhere. It turns out and it's lost its bowels on the desk. And right, if you go to touch it, it's just like, Oh, you don't want to touch this. It's just going to shit all over the desk. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, I, I don't remember if they say it in the remake. I think they do say lost about something like that, but yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, I would, my note, my other note for this is, no matter how ridiculous it is, and this is like one of like the three points I really actually wanted to make to everybody in defense of Police Quest would be that this this actually really did happen to Jim Walls, and yeah. I know that because of Sean Mills's book The Sierra Adventure. But it's mm-hmm. yeah, basically like this was a real thing that happened. There was a real prankster, and they really brought a chicken in. So it just mm-hmm. it seems like like tonally like a, a a crazy tonal shift in the game when when this moment happens and maybe it's because it could have been set up better I don't know but regardless it's like it is true these are these are real things that happen so it's mm-hmm. like sometimes life is just fucking weird um, like this scene <laughs> <laughs> um, but the gremlin um, is is uncovered in in the second game we do we do yeah. and I really I love the way that you can find out who the gremlin is in the second game because it's not. It's not given to you. You have to like dig through the computers and find out that one of your coworkers at the force was written up in between the first and second game, and they were written up for for the crimes of, of being the gremlin, basically. For That's those amazing. Pranks. Yeah. That's it's great. It's a female. Yeah. I, I don't remember her name, but yeah, 
She's she's on the force. She's on the inside, man. Yeah, because he was so mad. And it's just, it's great. I just, and I, I mean, it did, it brought it to life, a little bit of camaraderie. It was kind of a fun thing to put in the game. And yeah, if you go to pick it up, it just says, you don't want to pick up a chicken that just relieved herself all over Sergeant Dooley's desk. So see, look right there. The gremlin is a, oh, the chicken's a girl. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I guess a chicken would be a girl. Give me a moment. I'm fine. Is that how birds work? I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my bird There's genitals. that joke, right? You know, you, at what uh, if a rooster is on the very top of a house and it lays an egg, does it fall off of the west side or the east side? No. Is it? It's, it doesn't lay eggs. It's a rooster, so. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, it's one of my favorite jokes. It gets everybody. No, yeah, as it just did me. Yeah, I am... <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I, I thought there was more coming. That's why I waited like that. I'm like, is this like a who's there or whatever? You can use it on your son later. He'll love it. He'll even, I, sometimes I've gotten kids like little, like I'll get them to really think about it. Like my other one is uh, a plane crashes on the border of Canada and the United States. Where do they bury the survivors? Ask a kid that one. That one's hilarious. Which, they're like, uh, oh, well, cause what? You don't bury the survivors, obviously. So. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, those okay. are good. I love those. <laughs> you know, God. don't even ask a kid. Ask your friend. Ask your podcast co-host. I mean, ask anybody. <laughs> Just spread it around. <laughs> it's good. I've been saving those up since grade school for a reason. This was it. Thanks, guys. Man, all right. Well, listen. <laughs> I'm going to file that under hummingbird and just keep us moving. <laughs> so it's the end of your shift. You, you, you're, uh, you're up for a potential promotion, I think, at this point, and you have to deal with it. That's kind of, isn't it? Or does that not happen till tomorrow? No, that doesn't happen till tomorrow. You're just done your shift. You're going to go party at the blue room with your buds or something. Possibly. No, you're not even. You're going right. to go party somewhere. Yeah, blue room. You're going to party at the blue room. Are you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The blue room is is basically is uh, basically lefties. Um, oh right, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. So so we're gonna we go we go to hang out there, and um, that's the poor Steve is there. His, his daughter's just, <laughs> she's doing worse now. She's in a coma. It's it's things are his life it's is falling really apart. Um, he says my life is going to crap. I can't talk to my daughter. She won't listen to me anymore. My drinking has my marriage on the rocks, and my wife's ready to leave me. And everything's a mess. He is like truly upset and then your buddy keith shows up and you know like what I, I guess ball. it's like yeah he brought the party and dude's like i'm gonna lose my marriage i'm gonna lose everything so they're like i think hoochie coochie hannah is gonna be able to fix this wearing a grass skirt and balloons right and you just you feel bad for the other patreons there who didn't ask for that <laughs> they're just trying to enjoy like a nice evening and a meal and some girl just busts in the door in, in a grass skirt with her titties out and it's oh it's quite God. in the remake it's it's keith keith is handled slightly differently well first of all in the original he has uh, a last name mm-hmm. right thank you in the original it's it's keith robinson the infamous Keith from Police Quest 2, who still to this day is my, my favorite adventure game character of all time. <laughs> yeah, Keith, you know, basically Keith the Nihilist. He, he, he believes in nothing. Um, so he, it is the same Keith in the original. It's, it's both Keith Robinson. But in the mm-hmm. remake, 
there's a meddling Josh Mandel hanging around because somehow mm. Keith's name changed from Keith Robinson to Keith Mandel. Keith Mandel. <laughs> <laughs> Making it not the same Keith from the uh, from from the sequel. So just on a super nerdy note, but also in the remake, he he's. See, actually, in the original, I don't. I I feel like Keith was like kind of there the whole time. Maybe I'm wrong, but in the remake, because it doesn't even matter for my point. In the remake, he's not there. You're in the middle of Jack's birthday party. There's there's like a girl dancer. Jack's like crying. Um, actually, is his name Jack in the remake and and not Steve? Uh, yeah, I think it's the same guy. Oh yeah, Jack's birthday. It is definitely Jack's birthday in the remake, and Keith is there the whole time. Okay. He then, comes in a bit later than you, but he, he shows is. up. Then the dancer comes. Yeah. But, and Keith just breaks in like a wrecking ball. And he's just like, like, like the dudes, whether it's Steve or Jack at this point, <laughs> even I don't know. He's super sad about his daughter. And there's like a party going on and Keith just busts in the door and he's like, yo, Sonny, you got my, you, you promised you'd take my shift. It's over for you. And and mm-hmm. he, he takes our place at the party and we have to go, we have to go work. So it's, it's just, yeah it's really fitting for the, it's like the first time Keith would fuck us. And like, you just have to tune in for police quest two to see how that trend continues. Cause you're about to go so. home and he's like 15 minutes. And oh, and also during that whole performance, you're kind of like thinking maybe Jack's not into this cause he's upset and stuff's going on. So if you wait afterwards, he'll be like, Oh, you know, Jack, I think I'll ask Santa to put her under my tree this year. <laughs> right. Yeah. He comes in with that Matthew McConaughey, Keith energy. <laughs> just all right all right all right scumbag kind of vibes and it's the first time out of many times in police quest that you'll basically be covering for keith because that's all you Mm -hmm. do in the second game is cover for keith so after you're done with keith and he does all of his thing and you're done and jack's i guess happier than he was before you find out you've got your 15 minutes you got to quickly quickly rush back to the station and go take a shower and then morris fuddly is uh, still having a shower and it's it's funny if you go up and you talk to him in the shower at first he's like ah oh, man what are you doing get out of here but if you keep persisting he like he'll say stuff to you right right and there's a, the, the guy who's pooping all game is in there too right since we've already mm-hmm. we've already picked we've already been quite um low hanging with the fruits in this episode with the potty humor mm-hmm. so why not just mention that guy too while we're at it um Quick notes I have regarding the remake is that that when you're driving around, um, they, they they I wish they chilled out with the the mission reminders in the car, like mm-hmm. like they would I tell you like that. like so and so is happening, respond here, and you're like word now I know what to do. We got to head over to Fig Street or whatever wherever the fuck mm-hmm. Fig Street is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the 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 timer they set on that is was not long enough in the at least in the remake where they, they just mm-hmm. keep hitting you with it and it's like dude please like I know you're stressing me out I, I don't know where Fig Street is and like you're just you're trying mm-hmm. to like navigate and not crash and make the make the right turns and blah 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 and and the game's just kind of a little bit stressful in a, in a bad way like not in a at all useful mm-hmm. or fun or, or builds tension like that sort of way just in a unnecessarily stressful way I didn't appreciate that mm-hmm. okay that's all I got mm-hmm. there sorry that's um, okay and and uh, so yeah you're you're bugging the guy and he's in the shower for forever and he's been complaining that the uh, the force should allow everyone to take longer more comfortable showers so he's all about the shower is what I'm saying one guy's always pooping another guy's always showering that's the game. And frankly, they make you shower too much in this game. Like, dude, it's, it takes Every place over like two days. Yeah, it's just so much showering. Like, we're, we're as clean as we can. But at this point, we're removing healthy bacteria. You know, like, I. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, you go back, you have another meeting and the chief acknowledges what you dealt with. And then he's kind of like, now you have a new assignment. You have to get out there and you've got to bust a dude. So you're like out here with a mission this time specifically. Exactly. And this the, the note I have here has nothing to do with where we're at in the game, but I, I, I think it's funny because it's a little unhinged rant for myself where it just says, look is available everywhere. Once again, mm-hmm. you don't need hotspot markers when it's all there for you to see. Want to know which mm-hmm. thing to interact with? Well, you'll have to explore and make that decision yourself, um, mm-hmm. is, is my note to, I guess, me and everyone listening, which is just to say that I, I really love how in the remake, everything you can look at everything. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. exactly, it's, it's just, it's just, it's a dream. It's perfect. It's like outside mm-hmm. of the police station is the most, one of the most mundane screens I can think of in the remake. And even mm-hmm. there you can look at the, at the street for no, like the street, just the, the ground. Mm-hmm. You can look at that and get a unique response. You can look at the yep. foliage and get a unique response. Same with interact. Everything's a hotspot. This is the direction I went with my game and why I'm being all, you know, on a, th- on a on a pedestal about it, but it's just like you don't need hotspot markers when everything's a hotspot, and it's an adventure game. Like if you want to know what to interact with, maybe you should explore your surroundings and figure out what to interact with, as opposed to like here's the three things in this screen. That's the one you want. Like gee, thanks. I'm you know this is what a, what a ball I'm having. Like yeah, I'll be done in four neat hours, but it's was it fun? Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry. That's Point okay. is uh, funny, on a positive you know. note, there's a lot of interacts and a lot of looks. And it's just, it almost bears reminding in this day and age. Like if you find yourself playing this police quest remake because or not of this episode that we're doing, just take, take a minute before you walk off screen and stay like goal oriented. Just take a, take a chill moment to just like, look around, just enjoy the scenery. Look at the plants, look at the coat rack, the pad on the desk, look at the pictures on the wall because there's something slightly different for everything. Look at the chairs, look at the floor, look at the wall, look at the ceiling, look at the vase in the chief's office. I mean, seriously, look at everything. And it is, it is fun. And that's the kind of stuff I live for in games like that. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for the energy you brought to that too. Like, like inside the, the jail. So a quick example I had written down was you just, you just look at the wall of the jail and it's a good line. It says, Oh, this wall is painted in institutional green. It made, yes. me, made me laugh pretty hard because it is very like just sanitarium kind of color green. Um, and it's funny. And the, one other one was like, I'm standing out here radiating cop vibes, which I thought was <laughs> kind of hilarious, especially for the, the self-awareness that it brought. That was another funny line um, just from looking around. So, yeah. Okay. Back to the story. Meanwhile, back at the story. <laughs> better with the Pringles container. Much better. But, yeah, you got you got to pull over this dude. you got to wait for backup, and then you find out another little difference between the two versions. You don't have to load your gun. You just kind of can pull it out and use it, and it's all ready to go. And in the first one, you have to very specifically take your ammo out of the locker, load it into your gun, draw your gun, shoot your gun. Right. It's, there is something more. There's, there's usually more steps with parser stuff, isn't there? I don't know. I yeah. guess it was more the error than the parser factor. But yeah, that, that fits. Mm-hmm. It, it fits in a way I can't even explain. It just makes sense <laughs> that it is that way. Um, okay. The, I want to make a quick note because we'll, we'll probably end up pacing wise. We'll probably end up getting past the the latter third of this game rather quickly when just mm-hmm. when it comes to us speaking during this episode because a lot of the last third of the game is a lot of poker and shit like that so before we yeah. before we get to that point where we start trying to more or less wrap up i, I want to mention that one of the key differences for me between the 
remake and the original, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, Anna, is, is I appreciated the remake so much more than I expected to, because in my mind, and it's, it's true, I do, I, I like Parsers more, um, mm-hmm. if I had to pick, like, I, I, I especially the SCI Zero era, of like, mm-hmm. we're talking like Lara Bow and Space Quest 3 and Police Quest 2, that was like the perfect pinnacle for me, where it was like, you know, the graphics got a little better, but it was still Parser. Um, mm-hmm. so, so somebody that is pulling like a weird popcorn kernel out of his mouth, um, <laughs> would like to say <laughs> is that the, the, the point and click interface really brings more exploration. Mm-hmm. Like when I don't have to type, look at, and then the thing I'm more prone to just look at everything. Like if I had to type going back to that example, outside the jail cell, if I had to type, look at street, look at plants, look at wall, like I'm not doing most of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna. I'm gonna basically just try and figure out what I have to look at quickly and get to the. You know, more goal oriented because of the the labor of typing. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in the point and click with the eye icon, mm-hmm. it, it's nothing to just move it around and click and just see what happens. Let the game feed you. You know, good lines, funniness, whatever. Um, so I guess my, my big lesson learned, if there was one, from from examining the remake to the original, as somebody who who likes the the AGI era the best and 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 the parser era the best, I would say that, that the remake was it was more fun in that sense. There was there was more mm-hmm. exploration, there was more rewards, there was more little dopamine hits, just because exploring the environment was easier. Okay, yeah, I would say so. Exploring the environment, looking around, you don't always know what to say to people in the original, too. You're kind of like talk man, right? And they're like, hi. (laughs) You're like, what are the specific questions I can ask and how can I phrase it? So you're missing, there's there's lots of dialogue in the first one that, you know, I think often ends up getting missed. And, And the nice thing with the point and click is you can just keep clicking through and seeing all the dialogue. You're not missing any of the descriptions. Instead of it being like, pictures are all over the wall. It's like you can look at each individual picture and it'll describe what's in it. So there's a lot of that. And I think it it, it does expand the world, doesn't it? It's, thank you. That's exactly what I was trying to say. It's, it's a great articulation of my point. It, it expands the world because in, in, in the original, for example, you would probably look room and then look at the obvious thing on the counter, like the radio. Like it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's definitely something I'm probably supposed to take. So let's take a look at what it is. Um, and that might be the extent of it. Like you're going to always look room and then look at like the thing or three that you probably take. Whereas mm-hmm. in, in the remake with the point and click interface, it was, it was, yeah, it really expanded the world. The world building became stronger. I found an, an I guess I'm getting this out now in a sense of, of now or never sort of deal, but something I wanted to talk to you about during this episode is in police quest one in, or sorry, in the original, in the AGI version, I felt, and, I, and I, I heard it in reviews from not only from Trolls, but from Roses, and I think we've said it before, is that Sonny, Sonny has very little personality in, in the original. He's, he's, he's almost got no personality. And this brings me to two things I actually want to talk about. So one of them is kind of quick, and I'll, so it's more of just a, a statement. So I'll just say that and then give you space to respond and move on. But is that people are way, way harder on Police Quest than the other Sierra AGI games. Like... Mm-hmm. Like, like there's, there's like Roger isn't even named Roger in the first uh, space quest, right? You, Mm -hmm. you pick the name that you want to give him. Like King Graham isn't like a fleshed out character in King's quest one or two. So like all of a sudden when it comes to police quest, 
there's like there's like serious criticism coming towards Sonny for not having more personality, and it just mm-hmm. seemed really unfair because I'm like, there's Roger doesn't he's not even Roger for the first two games. King Graham mm-hmm. has no anything. He's just he's just you know ripped out of a fairy tale prince be on his way to becoming a king. Like there's no we don't know who Graham the man is from the first mm-hmm. from the AGI uh, or or for that matter even even um, Alexander in the third one as the same with Roger who again isn't Roger. And I just I thought it was a little bit weird as as I was looking at reviews and giving you know podcasts or whatever things that touched on this game. Uh, listen, everybody was really hard on Sonny for not having more, for not being more of a fleshed out character. And I was just <laughs> like, kind of calling bullshit. I'm like, well, that's not fair at all. Cause again, you know, I won't repeat everything I just said, but because of all the things I just said, it's, it seems kind mm-hmm. of unfair. Um, and then to my actual point, this is what I want to get your opinions on is that, so, so I had chalked up Sonny as being kind of an avatar when it comes to the age. Oh my God. Yes. I was just waiting to be able to put that in. Yes. Please do tell me what's in my brain. Okay, good. And then we, uh, then you take over. But but I was going to say, so he's in the AGI version, he plays the perfect avatar. Like, I don't really, I didn't need him to, to be a fleshed out character. I, I, maybe part of the charm and part of the reason I loved this as a kid was because I felt like the cop. I was Sonny. Like, it, Sonny was me. Like, where was his, who is Sonny as a person? Well, he's me, the player. Like, the, like he's exactly a perfect avatar. So, so anyway, you go. I want to mm-hmm. hear what you have to say about the avatar thing. Uh, well, I always thought that the games were made to be mildly generic, at least in the beginning, because you are supposed to pretend you are that character. And how are you going to be that character if that character has a fully fleshed out personality? You are Sonny Bonds. You fill in those blanks. That's 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 what it's all about. Right. Thank you. Okay. I'm so glad you felt that way. Because, yeah, it, it seemed like not only were people being a little more harsh to Police Quest or to Sonny than, let's say, Roger – for the sake of a, 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 a weekly forming metaphor, it, it's also to say like, yeah, you may, maybe they're also kind of missing the, the point here where it's not, it's, it, it's Sonny isn't the birth of like, of a, of a King Graham. This isn't the birth of like, you know, a grand character. This is more meant to be an avatar where you feel like the cop. And I feel like the game's kind of obvious about that. They want you to really think you're the, you know, the, the policeman in this game. Um, almost in a sense of how Longbow is teaching you to be a leader. Cause they want you to be, you know, they want Robin to be a leader. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Now, to the remake, and this is kind of the, at the heart of my point here, is that Sonny is, is actually a lot more fleshed out. He's mm-hmm. he's more, he's subtly fleshed out. And and it's just, it dawned on me in the middle of playing the remake or towards the end of it, because I was having a lot of fun with it. And maybe in, in AGI's defense, maybe if I was looking around and interacting more, in the AGI, there'd be more time for this to shine, but I somehow, I somehow don't think so. Um, so mm-hmm. I'll just stick with what I know well right now, which is the remake, because I just played it, and say that, that by the end of the the remake, I realized that Peter Parker was was fleshed out further, let's say, and he's mm-hmm. he's Peter Parker, he's totally mm-hmm. Peter Parker in the remake. He's like a little bit dry, a little sarcastic, and super quippy. Like he's mm-hmm. he's basically Peter. Like you know, Peter Parker has like this vanilla white dude thing about him. Like, like, like a dad, uh, like, a, you know, he's, he's like too young to be a dad, but he's bringing the dad energy, like the kind of dad joke, sort of just corny on purpose and, and, and you know, sarcasm and, and just quippiness. I said sarcasm, a weird emphasis on the syllables there. <laughs> um, <laughs> emphasis on the wrong syllables. Thank you. There we go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where's my banjo? Um, 
But anyway, I just wanted to say that it's kind of it's a weird point I'm trying to make because I'm, I'm it's it's really split in two. One, I'm trying to say that for the AGI one, Sonny's supposed to be an avatar slash get off his back because Roger and Graham didn't have a fleshed out character character trait in the AGI era either. And then on the flip side, I'm trying to say that in the remake, he's actually fleshed out a bit further, or at least the ease of looking and interacting on so many different things and so many different screens gives you more of Sonny to start mm-hmm. to see who he is in the remake. And, and what I saw was, was Peter Parker essentially was, was, you know, That's somebody true. who wants to be heroic. He wants to do good. He's quite dry, quite sarcastic and very quippy. That's it. And that's what they were doing. I mean, if you look at, again, Space Quest 4, King's Quest 5, right in that same timeline, they were really working hard on fleshing out a personality. I think they were trying to expand the universes with the graphics and with the, the, you know, the thought put into different sides of things. They all, all of them became into their own and they just, they took that concept and and did it with Police Quest 2. He became Sonny Bonds. He became Roger Wilco. He became, the only game that didn't really do that was quest for glory because again it was meant to be an avatar this is the hero you're going to name it the hero is you you are the hero right right it was unarguably meant to be the avatar yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. like sunny i'm kind of pitching it in that you know manipulating mm-hmm. it in that direction in the sense whereas with quest for glory that was unarguably the and i guess i should say too just to be pedantic is leisure suit larry even in the agi era was was like air quotes fleshed out, but it's like, he never really got more mm-hmm. complex than, than, you know, cause I could say he's not really fleshed out. He's just, you know, horny trying to lose his virginity, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All, all the Larry traits. He gets married and he ends up being with Patty and, you know, there's even backstory fleshing out Larry even more. If you get the guidebooks, like what was Patty doing when he was doing the other games? Uh, you know, what, what was the history? When did she leave him? They became quite three dimensional. Hmm. That is cool. All right. We, we, yeah, that makes me, because we were just saying we need to do three, but I guess we're, we're trying to do this remake series. So we'll eventually get to the Larry uh, the Larry remake, which will be kind of fun. Because mm-hmm. And again, that has its own counterpart, right? The Larry remake looks just like Larry 5. Oh, my God. And then we're going to do Reloaded. We're going to do Larry the Larry remake and Reloaded. That's going to be like yeah. a bomb episode. Dude. Right, right. Okay. Mm. One of us so should good. do the remake, the other Reloaded, because we've both done the original enough. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. I've done, yeah, I've done all of them, so. I've done all the Larrys. Oh yeah, you slut. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. All right, so we're 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 getting actually quite to the end of 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 the game. Yeah, well, so- you get promoted. You're gonna be you're taken on the drug scene, right? If you don't remember to put in the memo, you're not gonna do it in the first one. The second one, uh, you still have to put in a, a memo, and you have to get in right when you get into the. Um, it's a lot it's more in, in the remake. It's a lot more guided. I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I'm sure I, I can't exactly remember. Cause I'm, I'm sure you have to take action. I'm sure you have to click. I, I feel like I clicked a, 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 I feel like I, I interacted with the game to sign the paper and put it in the thing. But it's like in the first one, you're kind of just like, you're, you're quickly told that and you have to realize that that's something you got to do. Whereas in the remake, they're like, Hey, Hey, <laughs> look, fucking sign this and put it in the yep. thing. Or else this game's not going it. anywhere, and you, and you do it. And then yeah. you have to shower again, and then you have to dress like a pimp, right, yeah. and then all the girls at the station have to dye your hair blonde because that's what happens. Right? Yeah, you got to bleach your hair. Oh, I'll say a quick note I have in the remake is because um, I just I thought it was adorable. <laughs> is that when you, you get promoted and you're in in the office, and you just accepted your promotion, the, the your your new the sergeant whatever your boss is just like, all right, detective, get on out there. And Sonny's like, yes, sir. 
And there's just something so cute about it because he's like so excited to have just gotten promoted. And he's like, all right, detective. And then Sonny's like, yes, sir. I, you know, just, I don't That's know. Cute. It was, yeah, it was very In childlike. the remake, you have to bleach your hair white is how they phrase it in the remake too. And it's not quite as like viciously yellow as it is in the original. So yeah, you've got you've got your hair, it's all whited up, whatever version it is. And it turns out you're like an old compatriot or friend of uh, Sweet Cheeks Marie that's just gotten out of jail. And your name is obviously going to be Whitey. I mean, it's because of the hair, not any other reason, Paul. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you're going undercover and Marie, she's a big part of, the, of this, of this, can we call it a, is it a sting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could call it a sting operation. And, and uh, I mean, you're dressed up. You even got the pimp cane. So you're ready for this. Um, there's <laughs> before before we head off to the hotel, I'll just say that there's there's a cop in the remake um, named Mike who and he's known as like odd sense of humor, Mike. And he's, he's actually pretty dark and funny because he's like <laughs> one of the lines was we heard you found a dead body the other day, Sonny. And and. And Mike's just like, well, now we have one too. So there, <laughs> it's just like, man, because they, they set him up as somebody like who's weird, and then like his his first line is is super weird. You're like, okay, fair enough. Mike's that is, he's like, now we got one too. Um, oh, that reminds me of a line I liked. If when you arrest the drug dealer guy and you search through his glove box and you get his little back black book, the one of the pages is discipline pimp one, discipline pimp two. <laughs> <laughs> Like that is the best. Discipline that is the best. And and you're so rude to the criminals. You're just like you're calling them dog meat. You're like, ah, oh, you're just a piece of crap. It's like you could never if you talk to criminals the same way now, man, it'd be like a human rights tribunal or something. They're so like just down to earth here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Down to earth is wow. That's a good twist on it, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just, you know, down to earth. Um, all right, all right. So, so gathering my thoughts for the, for for the conclusion, one thing in the remake is that there's um, Marie Marie's friend comes into play, and mm -hmm. I don't. There's a question I had for you to ask during the episode, basically, which is in the original, there's no the bartender is male, not female, and he doesn't really do much besides let you in, right? Right. Okay. Because in the, in the second one, you, you, you interact a lot more with your friend and her friend like brings you back to the, the, the room and, and just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, she has, she's, she's a, the bartender in the remake is, is a fleshed out character basically, as opposed to just generic bartender guy who you interact with once or twice. And can um, give all of your money to, and he'll never give it back. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I almost wonder, okay. So what Anna's referencing is like, there's a, there's a way to cheat the poker game in the original where. <laughs> Where because they use like an eight bit integer that can only hold two hundred fifty five characters, like if you go, if you if you go past two fifty five, it circles back to the beginning, but adds a zero, so it gives you two thousand five hundred fifty dollars. Anyway, um, you're referencing that, which is a way to kind of cheat the the poker game in the original, and and what really helps, what supplements that cheating is to be able to, it helps to give your money away because you, you want to, mm -hmm. you want to obtain less than zero. So it circles back around again. So I, I almost wonder if what you just referenced was in on purpose for, for testing. Cause like, I think like it was there for testing. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. If you feel there me, cause we, we do shit like that mm -hmm. with Phantom Fellows where it's like just weird yeah. little things that just help you get to a deep, you know, help you. Yeah. Help you just progress quickly or get past something quickly. And, and you know, you do something you figure they wouldn't account for or whatever. And, in this case, forget to comment it out or whatever. 
Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, there was a bunch of those in the Christy Marks games because she simply didn't want to wait for things, you know, slow walks and things. So you'll you'll end right. up with these like funny little random codes that will just do the randomest stuff to cut everything short. And it's like, ah, okay, that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's all, yeah, just forgetting to comment out or, or just thinking that nobody will ever do it. Because, again, this is like, you know, these were the pioneers of this shit. And it was the 80s with no internet. And it's just like, yeah, what is, they'll never do that. It's, it's not like in, in 40 years from now, people will still be playing these games and critiquing them and giving them podcast episodes. I mean, geez. <laughs> no, no, never. But, okay, how many people, like, I learned the radio codes from this game. I learned a lot of the police talk. And I also learned how to play poker. Now, the game itself came with a five-card stud little sheet so you could learn how to play. And I've used that. I photocopied it. And I've taught my kids how to play various types of poker games using that exact instructional over and over and over and over. I said I used it so much so I didn't want to ruin my book, so I had to copy it so I could pull out a piece of paper and write it down, teach my kids big too, and, and other games you've never heard of, Paul. Yeah, so this this game, and it taught me how to read maps and like get places and, and memorize locations and north, south, east, west. But anyways, it, it was really really uh, the poker really got you because you had to win a certain amount and it was it was all about the save spamming which we didn't call it back then but you had to play and if you won save if you lost lose because you need to get a specific amount of money and it can really make or break the game if you can't win and that's that's how i did it as a kid i was so determined to not learn how to play poker that i i, <laughs> I would just fucking just just hope for the best and save every time i made a small game until i got through it <laughs> I hate that. I just, yeah, I still don't, I still don't enjoy cards. Um, Police Quest and Larry, man, they forced it on you. You had no choice. Yeah. Was that an Al thing? A lot. I think it must have been. It was in almost every single, no, in pretty, I think it's in like every Larry game. You have to either go to a slot machine or gamble or play some sort of cards or poker. It's in all of them. Well, let's let's wrap up the story of the game so we can get to our random thoughts and wrap. But I'll, I'll say, because, because again, we're, so we're at the Hotel Deforia. Um, mm. We've got to win several card games to get Yeah, because you have to win once and then win big and then win all. Right. That's right. You got to win big. Yeah, that was the annoying one. Exactly. Hmm. And, and you're doing all this basically to end up invited to who turns out to be Jesse Baines' suite. Jesse Baines being the Death Angel himself. I don't think we've said yeah. that all episode, but it's Police Quest, you know, Pursuit of the Death Angel. And that's Jesse well, or Baines. Frank. His name's also Frank. Because right. that's how you know it's him as, but it turns out it is Jesse Baines. <laughs> it's actually Jesse Baines, yeah. So you're doing all this to get invited up to his suite where where Jesse um, will find out that you're a cop and will try to kill you, but at the last second your backup comes in. So for the for the original, I'll just say my recollection is that it, it was – it was one of the best parts of my whole childhood was getting mm. into – like something about even to this day when I see that hotel room – screen i still get hit with like just with just those vibes man like you know whatever your game was to our listeners we we all have the like one or three of them where it's just like that that was my game man that was the one that got me into like you know that there's a screen that just gives you these feelings that are like nothing else or it's just like oh i don't i can't even articulate it i just can find some sort of peace knowing that everybody listening can relate to at least you know, to the screen, whether it's in this game or not, to, to that feeling. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was it was the, the screen where Jesse Baines gets shot. In the remake, my note, and it was the best thing I can do right now is just read my note from the time, which was the ending is positively no fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. You don't do anything except for call for backup, 
and and wait for them to come shoot Jesse Baines and and on comes the ending cutscene and the, the game ends. It's it was I don't remember like even though it doesn't play out mechanically all that different in the original, where ultimately very similar things happen, but in the remake you don't even get to shoot at him. Like mm-hmm. like the, the the backup does the shooting. And, and I don't know. It's like maybe they should have let you be the one that shoots them, but but it's very very disappointing. The remake, like very anticlimactic, because you're waiting like this whole game to get to this one point, and like mm-hmm. basically Jesse Baines answers a phone call, you hide behind a bush, and it all just that's it. That's the last thing you do in the remake is hide behind something, and let the game yeah. end itself. That's pretty much it. Because Baines, he draws his gun and he's like, oh, your cover's blown. And then you're like, oh, that there's, turns out one of the card players recognized you behind your disguise and it just goes, but then the backup comes and then they just take him out and yeah, it's over. Well, they don't kill him, but close. Yeah, you think they do, but he'll be back mm-hmm. for the sequel. Um, oh, he will definitely. And then after that, like, it's stressful because you're like, did I even do everything right all the way through the game? Because you got to go to court. Right. Well, let me ask you. So, in because I don't remember in the original, do you shoot at him at all, or is, is it the uh, same? Got, you, you, like, does the backup kill Jesse Baines? Let's see. He draws his gun and aims it directly at you. At you, hold it there, pig. It seems one of our card playing comrades recognizes your ugly mug, and that's just how much I hate cops. What is what happens next? You're the only one in the room at the time. Gosh, I can't remember, and I just played it a little bit ago. I think yeah. I thought you shot him, but no, maybe you don't have to type shoot. I think it kind of just happens, doesn't it? Yeah, like I, I can't remember. Either. Maybe you just draw your gun because your gun is drawn. I think in the original. Um, yeah, I guess my my only point would be anyway is that it's, whatever the original did, they did it right because I never felt ripped off by the ending in the original. Mm-hmm. But for some reason in the remake, I felt. I felt short. I yeah, I felt like shorthanded. It was just like, oh, really? Yeah. Like that's it? The last thing I'm going to do is hide. And then, no, it, like, I, I think the point I would highlight is that if the first one is the same way, then then it's just, it just it does yeah. it does it so it, it does it in a way that that yeah, you don't feel like you mm-hmm. you feel you feel very satisfied. Like I did everything right, and you know my crew saved me at the last set. Whereas in the remake, there's just something something about it that's just very disappointing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more stressful in the first one. Very, yeah, so much more stressful. It is way more stressful. It really is. And everything's so tiny and exact and nothing pauses and it all just kind of keeps going. So it is, it's more stressful for sure. Um, okay, so positive I want to say about the remake to counter that negative is is that Marie is handled so well in the remake, especially in this, in the Delphoria part of the game, let's just say. When you get mm-hmm. back to the hotel and you go to a hotel room with Maria, She's surprisingly well-developed. Like she has like these short, simple lines. So it's something Mm -hmm. grandiose, but in these like short, simple lines, she'll say something like, if I hadn't screwed my life up so bad, you know, like lines like you might Mm -hmm. expect from, I guess, a street, a lady of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah. And and that was a quote from the game. If I hadn't screwed my life up so bad, you know, maybe she's basically trying to say, maybe I could have, you know, been the kind of girl that gets with a guy like you. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you mix that with like her compassion for, for, that's right. The bartender's name is Alex. Um, mm-hmm. who, Alexandra, who's a female in, in the remake, but but she's like, she's very concerned about Alex not getting screwed over by the cops and not getting because because yeah. Alex is like aware of like this illegal poker game that goes on in the back, and mm-hmm. and she's like the she's like only on board if the cops don't fuck with her friend and and like just little right. things like that where it's, the game mm-hmm. doesn't put it on parade, but it's like subtly Marie's personality and character is developing in the form of like this compassion. Um, 
And she ends up telling the player like kind of a lot about herself in the remake, just throughout these lines, mm-hmm. especially in the hotel, talking to Sonny about how things maybe could have been. Um, and you as a player can like imagine a different life for her on a dime. And, and that's all because of the context. Like they provide enough context and growth from her character to where you can start empathizing and just being like, man, like I could see how like if one or two things was different, she'd be a whole different person, but she made, you know, one or two bad choices and you just, you can kind of really just get it and like understand and sympathize with her. And, and so, yeah, that was, that was good. That was good stuff. It was good writing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the subtlety of it too. So, okay, let's, let's prepare our, uh, our, our kind of closing thoughts and things like this. Um, I've got you a remember few... Jesse's middle name. His name is Hiram, Jesse Hiram Bain. Are you serious? <laughs> it really, it, they tell you that at the court case in the original, what his name is. <laughs> That's so weird. What a weird middle name. I, know. <laughs> I just, I was excited to share that, but what then just... end up, they, go ahead. <laughs> what if one of our listeners had that middle name? <laughs> I'd be like, Hey, <laughs> it's beautiful, but no, it's all the names in this game are great. Cause I mean, you're charging the dude with illegal gambling with Bambino Bamboni, which is a great gambler name. And you've got Woody Roberts. He's the one that turned in the state evidence. There's a drug trafficking charge for Donald D Colby. And then, you know, you get to do the, uh, the ballistic, uh, ballistic evidence, uh, to be able to, uh, find out how Baines murdered Jason Tasselli, which is another lovely game. And then you get to do it like you're in the courtroom, everything's happening, and and you get to find out if you actually proved these things or not with all the evidence that you had got throughout the game. I don't I'm not sure if that's in the remake at all. Oh. Yeah, you get to go through the whole court process. And then at the end, if if you win, you get that uh, you smile broadly and Baines is glaring holes through your skull and you know you're not yet free of him. So it's kind of got that ambiguous what's going to happen yeah. ending. Yeah. In, in the remake, that does not exist. Now, you go from Jesse mm-hmm. Baines's room to the, outside of, you know, City Hall or whatever. Hmm. So, yeah, that's, that's completely skipped in the remake, which is interesting. And you can't even take your clothes off. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah, that's awesome. And to anybody who wasn't aware, yeah, you can just strip naked in front of everybody while receiving the key to the city. You can. You can pretty much do it in most places in the game, but it doesn't go well for you. Yeah, there is there's a lot of they spend a lot of time programming deaths for walking around the 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 police station <laughs> in a towel and or naked. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost it's kind of crazy to think of the time. Okay, so three random notes I have for it is um, in the remake, Sonny's portrait, uh, that he looks like Jimmy Carter, maybe? (laughs) I might have the wrong president, but Sonny looks like a president, an old U.S. president in his portrait. Not an old one. Whatever. Like, that doesn't matter. Um, There's a weird design choice in the remake where not every character got a portrait, Mm -hmm. which is like, it's fair enough. Like, okay, fair enough. But then, like, the ones that don't have portraits have different text boxes than the characters with portraits and the text yeah. is different where it's all like bold and like the text box pops been. up in the middle of the screen. It's just like a weird design mm-hmm. choice is, is the point of this note. Um, and then this one is just to offer any catharsis to anybody who's played the remake and just needs to hear somebody else who played it and had the same problem is if you're approaching the driving in the remake, if you're approaching the police department from the right um, and you're turning left into it, then the game automatically overrides your arrow selection and, and you have to fucking circle around the whole building again. 
It's got to be mm-hmm. a bug. Like, there's, I don't see any, like, m- like design-wise, I couldn't see why they wouldn't let you do it. It's just, if you're specifically approaching from the right to where you'd have to turn left into the police station, the game just turns off your arrow. It's a, it just doesn't let it happen. It's very weird. And it, Oh, that is, that sounds like a glitch or something for sure. Yeah, it's super annoying, too, because you got to drive around the whole block again. And again, the driving is just fucking painful um, in the remake. It's somehow, it really is somehow worse than the first one because at least the first one like there's suspense um and i actually i'll just transition to one of my two ending things uh, uh i'll go on and, and that is to say that i played this game my son last night and had just the best time with him so <laughs> like anybody has like an eight-year-old who who doesn't give a shit about adventure games um okay yeah mine's been like indoctrinated and he's he's forced to give a shit about him but when i say that it's not like he himself spends any of his free time on adventure games or anything like that. He'll, he'll just, he just knows to play them with me and to, to, you know, just let it happen basically. Um, but it's like, don't be afraid to play these with your kids because like we had so much fun. We, we lit a fire, sat on a giant bean bag, ate tons of mandarin oranges. We threw the orange peels into the fireplace cause they smell amazing. And by the way, it's safe mm-hmm. to do that. So, so anybody's, you know, just like you can create, such a moment in memory so easily, like, you know, with, with your kids with this kind of stuff. And just, I just sat down, put, put on the Apple 2GS version on scum, gave him, you know, put the laptop on his lap. And we just, he just crashed the car for like 93 minutes. And like, you know, <laughs> the last half hour was mostly him just trying to get me to laugh, but it was, it was so much fun. Like, and it's just, there's something just about that childlike wonder where it took what is the most criticized part of the original game and made it the best mm-hmm. part of my week. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we get as nerds, we get so locked into the pedantics and like, well, here the design, the, the driving is fucking ridiculous, and you crash nonsense. And it's like, but at the same time, it's just as easily like one of the best parts about the game if, if you end up having a moment like that. So yeah, um, it is. just wanted to. And share I love that. the driving. I will always defend the driving in that game. So right, See, fine. I love that, though. See, and, and you shared a little clip with me of, you know, uh, just Strum crashing the vehicle into the side. And, and I said to you, I think he's teasing you because I could see it. He's kind of like, whoop, whoop, whoop. When am I yeah. going to crash it? Whoop, whoop. And then as soon as you're like, oh, no, he's not going to crash. He's like, whoop, boom, crash. And then <laughs> you guys are both laughing. And I think that's just like the best kind of moments. He was, he was Austin Powersing it. He was, you know, like that, that scene where he gets the, the forklift thing like stuck in the hallway um, like the, the wrong direction. Um, it was kind of like that. He would get the car somehow turned like facing the curbs and, and yeah, Austin powers it for, for anybody that makes sense to, there you go. <laughs> Good luck with these words. I hope they reach you. <laughs> this, this game is, it is a life changer. It was for me. I've, I've told the story before on the podcast, but I memorized the codes back in the day. And then I, I had a CB radio put in my car when I was about 14. I mean, uh, 16, sorry, driving age, obviously. And I'd go up to the top of the mountain across the street from my house with my friend. And we made friends with the truckers that lived in Seattle. I live on Vancouver Island. Most of the truckers were Port Angeles and, you know, over in the States across the water. And because we knew the radio codes, we got really quite friendly. So we knew their names, you know, Bert and Ralph and all of them. And we'd go up and we'd talk and they'd talk back. And it was super cool. And it ended up leading to a friend of mine hanging out with a trucker and dating a trucker who owned his own truck. We stayed at his house one time. And it just led off to these wild and crazy adventures and all of that stemmed from so, this game. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's a memory maker for sure. That's so cool. It's such a perfect uh, bookend to what I just said. Cause it's like a, a way that police quest can, can 
Yeah, how, how it can make memories from 30 years ago that like forge friendships or how it can just give you like an awesome night with your kid, you know, yesterday mm-hmm. or whatever. It's, it's still it's still oddly relevant, which is really cool. And and so, all right, my last note, my last thing that I really have to say is, is just from a note that takes place a little bit earlier in the game with going back to Mike, uh, dark, odd personality Mike, odd sense of humor Mike. There we go. Um, him, him and his partner, Todd, they're basically taking pictures of this dead body when you walk up and... And you have like a very brief interaction with them, but they feel like real partners. Um, mm-hmm. They're both like a little dark with their humor. Um, and you could tell that they're doing that to cope with the work that they do. Like, cause they're in the middle of, of photographing a dead body. So it's like, of course, you know, they have that kind of sense of humor. They have to, to get through this line of work. Um, mm-hmm. And, and just something about the scene in the remake is so well done because Sonny, Sonny knows who he is too. Like he knows where he fits in with them. Like who Sonny is with Mike and Todd isn't who Sonny is with Marie. And, mm-hmm. and in that moment, I realized that Sonny does have a, a quite a personality fleshed out in the remake by now. Um, yeah. the, the, this like Sonny is acting around Mike and Todd. Like you, like you imagine he would like, like more like, you know, with the guys, they're in a little ball breaky, a little, just, you know, they, they, they know their place with each other. Um, and that's what makes it feel, and it feels like like a big team that you're a part of. It, it, the mm-hmm. police, the police force, which is what the game is going for, right? Like I, I can't say I'm somebody who yearns to 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 know what that's like, but in <laughs> playing Police Quest, that's what they should be doing: is making you feel like the force is like a big team, and each player knows, you know, their position out there. And and you know, I was gonna say on the ice, take it easy. Um, but you know, each each person on the force knows their position. They have dynamics with one another that, that differs from their dynamics with the other ones. And mm-hmm. basically, I just I got the impression that everybody on the force was was close, and that each cop had a distinct personality. And that's mm-hmm. just miles deeper than the AGI version. There's there's some yeah. serious character growth and development that's quite subtle. It's just this is the the everything I'm verbalizing now is something that just hit me you know, right before the last act of the game, you know, it all just kind of tied in. I'm like, Holy shit, this whole time they've actually been just very slowly and subtly developing these characters. Cause now I, I get where Marie's coming from. And I, I understand why Mike's sense of humor is dark. And I see how Sonny is different around Mike and Todd as he is sweet cheeks, as he is the Sergeant. Um, but it's mm-hmm. still Sonny with all of those different people. He's just how we would be with our boss or girl or guy friend. Exactly. Yeah. So human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it was a really good time. If you haven't played the remake, I know it's not fun to look at, but if you like the original and there's a Sierra, mm-hmm. there's a, 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 you know, air quotes, new Sierra game that you could play. Like, yeah, play it. You're going to have fun. I resisted for 39 years for some reason. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like I would have wanted to play from when I was an infant. I resisted for like, what, 31 years? Look, it doesn't, we're getting muddied up in the math here. Decades, again. decades of resistance have <laughs> exactly. been canceled Thank out you. here by both of us for both of us today. And it's a good thing. Exactly. Now, granted, we've finished the episode now. You're probably sick of hearing it and you don't want to play it anymore because we just explained it all to which, you know, fair enough. I think we did our job. So play it or don't. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a fun time. It is. And and I want to take a few seconds just before we carry on to mention that uh, we did go ahead and put one of our episodes on YouTube. It's called Quest for Story, the Role of an Adventure Games Plot. And that's at the uh, Classic Gamers Guild, or you could even find it CGG Guild 
on YouTube. And I just wanted to address a couple of the comments that were made on our video because usually email's been about the only way we've been interacting. And uh, and I thought it was kind of fun. So Slat Studio, who's uh, who's making an absolutely beautiful game as well uh, in we the style of, yes. of Quest for Glory. Yep, very, very much so. Uh, said, plot is more or less important depending on who plays the game. In my view, adventure games have three major elements that people play them to enjoy. Exploration, puzzle solving, and story. I tend to weigh exploration as my favorite element. Great games can mix them well, but games with less emphasis on the others can stand on the weight of one if they can do that one really, really well, which uh, I thought was a nice point to make. It was a brilliant, it was, it was so articulated and well-made that it was almost, Lunchbox, please, I'm trying to compliment Ryan. It was, <laughs> it was so well done that I was almost jealous of it. I'm like, damn, that's mm-hmm. how you, that, I should have said that. That's the words I, I should have said it. on the episode. Exactly. Oh my God. He said that great. And then, and one of our new followers, uh, This Hallway is Dangerous, who's um, another writer and has his own uh, YouTube page, says, uh, it's a cool debate on balance for uh, this friend of ours uh, immersive gameplay experiences any kind of need to balance story and immersive routine as a quest for glory snob thank you for representing uh <laughs> you. I, I think that the series lives on the pedestal for me because it has such memorable story beats and toby's sacrifice friends coming together to fight the hall of mirror demons bobby august Torment, and defeat this is the most quest for glory talk on this podcast in a while i'm gonna keep going killing bruno after five games However, it, which was a bit of a spoiler. But anyways, it never lets the story become more important than your own life experience in the game. So, you know, it's it's really interesting to think about that side of things. Uh, also, our friend Jamie from Guilt says, I can't wait to see more videos, which is adorable. Uh, Brian Briggs Family Law said that uh, they didn't know we filmed the podcast and uh, Adventure Game Hotspot. Well, that was kind of neat because we ended up getting into a conversation about Uncharted 4. And that led to Paul going and talking about that game for a little bit on the Adventure Game Hotspot, which is also a fun thing. Yeah, I got to bust into one of his... Um, it was linked in the last episode, because I'll probably mm-hmm. link their, their newer works in this one. Yeah. It would yeah. be, kind of, be, be kind of narcissistic of me to ignore that and list my 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 brief appearance one again. But in the notes of the last episode um, that we do with One Short Eye, you could find the podcast that I, yeah, I got to bust in on, and like a, like a wrecking mm-hmm. Paul. <laughs> Sorry. Also, a second ago, I said "pu" to Quest for Glory. Please don't yell at me. I, I've never played Quest for Glory. The, well, I mean, that's that's look. For you the sake of argument, to be able to talk about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was just I was just being jokey. I'm a little traumatized from from from. Uh, well, Trying to play it in your car on a mobile device. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe. <laughs> exactly. Um, Dude, uh, I'm trying to think of our end. We also we got to thank Chad Armstrong, who's a Patreon, a new Patreon. Yeah, he's thank a. You, that, that's what we're doing. Chad's a new Patreoner. You we are did an episode with Chad. Best. He's 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 my he's my like uh, he's the only other Mac person I know. Like who who who? But he's not. It's not just like oh he like uses Macs or whatever. But he he's like mm-hmm. ported AGI Studio to Mac. Um, he's helped out with a lot of the the reason that the Phantom Fellows is available for Mac is because of Chad. Because he made a mm-hmm. template that allows me to just basically like, I mean, okay, there's a few extra steps with like Xcode and signing it and stuff like that. But ultimately, like because of Chad, I can like drag and drop my game data files 
and it works mm-hmm. on Mac. Like he's he's yeah he's in invaluable or indispensable or whichever one's a compliment of those. So thank you, Chad. You're the Very best. Check so. out check out Ryan Slat, uh, well Slat Studio Ryan Slattery. Check out his games Betrayed mm-hmm. Alliance. Um, he's working on a remake of the first one um, and the second one. So it's, mm-hmm. it's it's quite exciting. The art and everything is just if yeah if you like Sierra games you absolutely have to check it out. So yeah, yeah shout out to that. Slat Studio. And a huge shout out to Michael Council and Brian Manown for continuing to uh, be in the extra special thanks tier. Uh, we appreciate all of you, and uh, it, it's just it's really nice to see the support. Adventure Game Geek too. You've been you're one of our newer subscribers. Thank you. Also, it is a whole bunch of awesome to see you guys in there. Hey, who else do we got? Girolamo Castillo. It's cool too. You could see Michael Council was hanging out with trolls and geek at Adventure X recently. I don't know if I said this last episode or not, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just there's something cool about like being able to be, you know, basically like I know him. I know that I know that guy. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've I collect his five dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it's just cool seeing all of our friends together, and and hopefully. Uh, one or both of us will be at Adventure X next year. So there's that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you were, you were going to say other stuff, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, again, thanks so much for listening to the episode. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can always find us in the online world. You can find us on Twitter at CGG Podcast or at Phantom Fellows, which is another place to look for us. And the Phantom Fellows doc, a game that is being made, will be available with a new demo and probably a new, like the new demo of the first day or two is going to be coming out at some point, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 We'll do like a dev corner next time, or maybe even like a dev episode soon. If, if we, that would be good. There's so we, much to talk about. Oh my there, God. Yeah. Maybe we should do one of those soon. Cause there's going to come a time where mm-hmm. with the holidays that we don't have time to play games for an episode and we'll just need like an easy, lazy topic. And that could be one. Um, yeah, but the yeah, one yeah. that we spend like so many hours on every single day already, so we yeah. don't need to do any research because we're living it, and that's fine. But yeah, we'll definitely do that. Otherwise, you can find our random episode on YouTube. You can email us, mail at theclassicgamersguild.com. You can find us on Facebook. We're a page. We're a group. You can even send messages there. We'll get it. Uh, support us on Patreon, just like we already talked about. Patreon.com, Classic Gamers Guild. And yeah. Uh, yeah, Paul, your turn. And we've got some good. We got some fun guests coming up soon too. Um, for everybody, including Dave Gilbert, who who reached out to us and said that he like had just found the show and like went through back catalog stuff. And that was that was the coolest Wednesday I've had in a while. Waking up to that news, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, that's an awesome, absolute bloody legend. And we're gonna have him on the show after the holidays, which I'm excited about. Same with. Uh, most likely like Daniel Albu from Conversations with Curtis and perhaps Tom Hardwich come back on again, um, who, did, who did Lucy Dreaming and is working on uh, Hair of the Dog. Uh, Eric Elsom, I think, too, to talk about soundtracks and, and to, to... Oh, yeah, right. Shout out to Eric Elsom. He's been making the King's Quest records, and he's with Magic Map Studios, and also I think he does some violin work with Era 47, Trolls Band, John Paul Sapford, and I think jo- uh, Jackie Stewart's in there. So he's going to be doing one for King's Quest Six soon. He's going to come back, and we're going to do... We're going to do a little playthrough of King's Quest VI, and we're all going to kind of learn a little bit more information about the game and get a little bit more depth on it. Then we're going to have Eric back on. We're going to do an episode, and we're going to actually talk about it for a while and talk about what he's doing with Magic Map Studios and what he's doing to uh, recreate and represent uh, King's Quest VI on a record. So I'm super looking forward to that. Yes, absolutely. Same. So we got good things coming. Something, something. Love yourself. Blah, blah, blah. Don't do murder.